Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. Hey, you're 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 listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. All right, welcome to the Mr. Bill podcast. This is episode, episode two. It's the second one. The first one was with Andrew Huang last week, the nice. YouTuber guy. You know that guy? No, but it's nice. He's pretty cool. He's yeah. got like two million subs on YouTube. And oh shit! Yeah, he's he's cool. Um, sweet. Uh, yeah. So, uh, ankle pants, supercilious. Um, people probably know Greetings. who you are anyway. But like, hello there. <laughs> yeah for people who don't i guess who are listening ankle pants is i've known for like 10 years and you do like crazy live show stuff and you're an animatronics technician and a prosthetics technician and worked on like shitloads of film and stuff like that and supercilious writes uh what would i don't know what would you call your music uh, i don't know it's kind of like psychedelic c- cinematic adventure music i guess <laughs> I, don't know. It's, it's, I, I hate trying to reduce it to just a few few genre words but I mean, yeah, you've heard it. <laughs> yeah. I always have a hard time describing it. And then I say, hey, you listen to it and you try and tell me what it is. And they listen to it and they're like, oh, well, I don't fucking know either. Should you maybe move this close up? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think like kind of. Maybe it's more right? Yeah, it yeah. seems to be. There we go. Talking. Yeah, no, yeah Also, this it. is like a completely edited podcast, meaning if, no, like, I know, yeah. if we say some shit that's like fucked, you can be like, hey, actually, maybe <laughs> maybe I don't want that to be honest. Exactly. Fair so, enough. Like, so much of a prick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, um, my squeaking chair. Yeah, we can basically talk about whatever. We have like two hours or so to just talk about fucking everything. I'll do my best to not just slowly squeak the chair. <laughs> I don't think it'll pick it up. Yeah. I think like we're getting such like a. Well, now I'm disappointed. That was going to be my whole yeah, yeah. my whole gag. My whole my. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Be when I listen to it. Yeah, um, I, I want to talk about live show shit. We've talked about it already a ton, but like, I just yeah. want to like have a public record of that because like your live setup is just so fucked. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that I was like uh, that I thought was crazy was the fact that you fucking three D print like most of the shit in in your setup. Yeah, in the new setup. So you said you do that using uh, you basically make these like um, CAD drawings in like Rhino or yeah. in uh, ZBrush, and then yeah. you have like a 3d printer at your house and then you just print parts yeah and then within these parts you like mount circuit boards and you mount like controllers and all sorts of shit and then you strap all of this to your body and then that's yeah. kind of like the crux of your setup at the moment and then all of those controllers send data into max and then max kind of deals with it and scales it in different ways and then that can control things in your music while you're performing right exactly yeah i mean it's uh yeah i mean pretty much it's um what you said i mean all of my instruments previously um you know that were completely self-built were <clears throat> built in more of a conventional well, built with more conventional effects techniques that are from the prosthetic or animatronics workflow so pattern making off objects is, is a lot of the time for building animatronics you know you have an object you cut like 
just a static form of an object into different um, across different planes, and then you create patterns, and then you know what sizes you're working with and things like this. But now I've got you know like a lot of people have this technology now with the 3D scanner. So with the new the stuff I use, yeah, I actually use my back scan to get the dimensions to make those new back controls. So once upon a time you would use um, Lifecast. I would do, you know you would get a life cast of your back and right, physically a life measure cast it. Is like a um, <clears throat> like you would literally mold like your, your plaster your body. plaster mold. Yeah, plaster, and then maybe produce a fiberglass depending on what the next part of the process you're going to do is. But if you just want to reference, you'd get someone to just quickly pull an algin off your back, and then you then you would um, plaster into it with hessian to make it solid, and then you'd just use that as a template to measure to make something for yourself in right, this yeah, case. Yeah. But now, yeah, I got a friend to just use my three D scanner, scan my back, just just a one D panel of it in three D, and then import that into Rhino, and, and then three D scanner is it basically like a camera? Or is it? Yeah, it's actually a cheap one that measures. It has like only one millimeter resolution, so it's not something you can do for like super high resolution stuff. But you can, yeah, scan like large, well, something bigger than one millimeter. So a human body, it's really good. It does like decent decent resolution to produce templates and even things for like basic prosthetics so um yeah in that case start with the back scan import that into rhino and then just start drawing 2d lines in in rhino and then you extrude the lines like rhinos and nerves modeler so it creates nerves um surfaces but yeah you start with 2d drawings and then in that process you know you as the design comes along you figure out where you, where the controls are where you can put printed circuit boards you export curves from Rhino into, um, you know, PCB software um, and use that as the board shape and then you place all your components. Um, and, yeah, you know, you start piecing together the controllers and, um, yeah, and then that, that, that's kind of it, like, with that stuff. And, and the reason that I've got into the 3D printing, like I have FDM printers and DLP printers, it's like it's cheaper I can make duplicates. Mm. Uh, that's that's kind of the problem with me. Do you know the difference between FDM printing and DLP printing? No, I, I didn't know this either. Uh, basically, a DLP printer is like way more high res, right? So you can like print like tiny little fucking weird parts and shit. And FDM printers like cheaper, but they print like bigger stuff, like the big, bigger like plastic <laughs> kind of toys. Yeah, so like types. the stuff that's like hanging off. Uh, <laughs> sorry, ankle pants is. <laughs> uh, Recard, I guess is <laughs> uh, the thing that's hanging off. We'll edit that shit. Um, the thing that's hanging off is what would you call it? A dress or a kilt or some something in between? Oh, it's actually meant to be a daytura plant because okay, the, yeah. the original costume had it was a, it had a headdress that was a daytura flower, and then that was actually meant to be green. Daytura is fucking crazy. So you, do you know about this? I, I do. I have I have not uh, experienced it, but I'm uh, me either. But I've seen I'm pretty pretty are. okay with that. I think for now. <laughs> yeah, dude, it looks fucking insane from what. Yeah, well, they're in where I'm from, there's um, daytura plants growing near the river everywhere. It's like infested. Can you ing Is it something that people ingest by accident? No, well, well, for me, like my first, I mean, of course, growing up there, you know the flower just because it's there, but you, you don't know what it does when you're a kid, but. Then in my town, there was a time where um, I think it was like more than 10 people all did day two at once, like a few like older people than me. And I was working in the supermarket at that time, my first job. And they all came into town, just like turned the whole town inside out, like came into town <laughs> naked, went going into the, the supermarket, going up to the shopping trolley. One dude was like, 
Someone's just shopping and this naked dude comes in the shop and just like grabs the fucking trolley. Give me my shoes back. Give me my shoes back. <laughs> to, the, to the wheels of the trolley. And then there's a guy in town, uh, like a guy I know, and um, he apparently got stuck in the trip. But now I've later found out that it's other things that cause that. But he has this relapse for his whole life now. It's apparently to do with J2, but think- it's as not. But apparently it can do that. It can like... I think that whole language though, like stuck in a trip is really just like somebody took a psychedelic drug of some sort and then it just like brought out some sort of mental illness that they were predisposed to like schizophrenia or something. And now it's just like, it just caused them to have that. Can you even get stuck in a trip? Is that a thing? Well, I mean, it's, you know, even the, the, the fanciest mechanics, they're working on a car to fix something. They could end up accidentally breaking something else. You know, it's kind of the way I I look at it. It's like, so they say like, you know, don't, don't open your mind to, too much that your brain falls out you know it's (laughs) i think that it's it's not something that can happen to everybody but it's it's something that definitely can and does happen what the 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 correlation or causation of all that is yeah but stuck is irrelevant because it it does took acid and then just stayed high or something forever yeah i mean he has relapses like i remember back like when he first that sounds awful and i don't mind acid but that's i i i I, I do i do like that it ends I like yeah. I wish it yeah. ended actually much earlier. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I think too. I think it lasts way too fucking long. I think if you if you take acid, um, yeah, it's like hour ten, and you're like, all right, <laughs> let's fucking wrap. Yeah, this and then up. you think like, all right, I, if I just smoke a joint, I can make myself go to sleep, and then all that does is add another fucking five hours to your trip. <laughs> it just like brings it back on. <laughs> yeah, he's like this guy, like because you know he was older than me at school, and then we were going to this other school in coughs. There was 11 and 12 at university and so he was out doing a university course or a TAFE course or something and um, we catch the bus with him and yeah, he, he'd just go in and out of it. Like you'd be chatting with him and then he'd just throw you this hectic abstraction that you just knew nothing about what he was talking about, which which anyone can do that, but he was he was in it. Like, And then you'd see when he, he'd get to a point telling you this weird story and then he'd be like, it's like he realized that he was just talking about some crazy shit and then kind of just, he'd just stop talking. Like he, he was just, uh, he was, he came to my, one of my friend's house one day, like near where he lived with a plastic, like a, a garbage bag and knocked on the door and it was my friend's mum and said, oh, you know, so-and-so, what, what's, how can I help you or whatever? And he's like, oh, I'm just wondering if you've got any grass clippings. There's a, there's a hole in my backyard I need to fill up. <laughs> just fill it with grass. Oh no. And he told me, like, I remember one of the stories he told me, like, I was on the bus one day, like, going to school, I had my headphones on, and he's like, tap me on the shoulder. Have I ever told you about the time when I got buried under a pile of shredded coconut? And I was like, <laughs> I was like what? And he's like, yeah. I mean, this little car, and it tipped over, and then all this coconut came out, and I just popped my head out the top, and I was looking around, and it was like, this like this full and ca- catastrophic kind of, <laughs> you just imagine this picture of him, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. with a rolled car, with a big pyramid of, like, coconut, and his head just pops out the top. <laughs> it's like cartoony as fuck. Yeah, so he'd say this shit, but then he'd be, you'd see all of a sudden, he'd be just like, where, where am I kind of thing and yeah so anyway but anyway, slightly off track Daytura headpiece Daytura I don't know I just started to try and make it because I've told you about the th- ideas with the birds and that like I'm trying to yeah. reflect a bit more of the things that I'm well interested in like mm-hmm. trying to put more of the nature things in there and things about where I'm from or something because I just feel like that's, that's a, what I know about thing, or something. Dude, that's the only thing I know about or something. I don't so know. many people like ask me because they know that we know each other. And so many people are like, what's he like? And I'm like, dude, he's like the most liberal, like nature fucking loving <laughs> vegan dude with like, no like 
you know, I, I think people have this idea that you're like this crazy fucking weirdo, which um, I also want to talk about like your frustration with like people being just being like, haha, lol, a penis when there's like fucking 20 grand worth of technology on your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. That's a, but, that's a interesting ju- juxtaposition, but yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously when I, I didn't. When I first decided to use that character, like I didn't have all that much tech, you know that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it was just kind of like you're playing off Ableton and just singing, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. But we had controls um, and stuff. Did you know Ankle Pants used to be two people? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was me and my friend Tim, and we had a lot of music projects at that time. Mostly, mainly bands. I mean, we had two or three band, other rock bands, like because we both play guitar, you know. Like, and Tim grew up in the same right near where I live now. But he, Tim grew up in the same area. He was friends with my girlfriend at the time. I went to the same school. And I knew of Tim. He had, like, rock bands when we were in high school. And so did I. And, like, we had mutual friends. But until he moved to Sydney, we didn't meet. And then we started doing music together. But, but yeah, it wasn't as tech-heavy then, you know. And, like, but I always wanted to make my own instruments. I, I made guitar at high school. I mean, I always wanted to make instruments. And then when I got into electronic music, it just went there. I want to make guitars again now, actually. Like, that's – I'm, th- I'm going to – build some solid body electrics soon i think but um but like as for the instruments it's like um and that stuff like what did you say um about oh, about like uh how you're basically wearing like 20 grand oh, worth yeah, of like people, technology on your body yeah of co- so of course it wasn't the, the the aim to create a thing like i did the contrast is an interesting th- thing to me like you know early on i did kind of make some music i was making you know the music i was making back then it was nothing like didn't have heaps of vocals. Like, we made those yeah, tracks yeah. for a joke. It was more like techno-y stuff. And- yeah, but there was more of, like, you know, the Cam and H Salmon album or the earlier ones that are just, like, heavily programmed, like, more breakcore stuff or, yeah, I don't yeah. know what, IDM or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Like, just heavily programmed music I was interested in, you know. I didn't really care what it was. It's like, as, as long as it's complicated and, like, yeah, changing like, uh, all the time, I'm yeah. into it. Like, and, and, and using as many different, like, techniques as possible, that's what I was interested in. But, like, then um, with the... Yeah, with that thing, it was never really intended, but at the same time, yeah, I did think, oh, okay, I've got this, like, this character that a lot of, kind of, I don't know, people in in this time, like, would be like, oh, it's horrible, or it would freak them out or something. So I'm just going to make the most, like, some really commercial-sounding music, so if someone hears the music, they're going to be like, oh, I like this, and then I might go to the show, and then they go to the show and get, and, yeah, yeah. and they're like, but but that, that shows you, like, and the reason was that, like, I just, you know, I'm interested in a lot of, Freud stuff or Bernays and I'm interested in how PR exists, oh, yeah, started and all this kind of thing. And it's like all this stuff is interesting and I like to play with that stuff a bit. So, yeah, it was in the back of my mind. But but now it piss, it does piss me off sometimes because all it does, it exposes people that are really superficial, Yeah, yeah. which is good because I like to expose those people. Like because – I think you know. I mean, I don't. You know, it's it's a very basic. It's almost kind like of thing. a you must be this high to ride the ride sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but, but you well, know, it's, you just, it's more of just you must be this not uncomfortable with your own body. Yeah, yeah to like enjoy like, it's, the it's, show. It's all they're just projecting, projecting themselves. Like a lot of what I enjoy about your act is, uh, I see a lot in this. This um, I don't know if either of you are familiar with this dude Matthew Silver, who's a street, who was a street performer in New York City. And he used to host this event called uh, Circus of Dreams, and it was basically an avant-garde comedy night. Yeah, I know this dude. And it was it involved a lot of uh, 
Was he doing puppet show stuff as well? There, I mean, it's all all sorts of stuff, but there's definitely... I don't know of him, man. There's yeah. a lot of um, body stuff involved. Mm. Like, you know, he would just do weird things where, you know, you drop his pants and show you his butthole and be like, whoa, yeah, yeah. so what do you see? You know, like, yeah. you know, just like weird shit where like if you're... If you're uncomfortable with bodies, it's going to make you uncomfortable. And a lot of people, I, I can't speak to, to other cultures, but Americans in particular, we have like centuries and centuries of like body shame programmed into us. Yeah, and totally. like a lot of what he does is like to just sort of like break through that wall that people have put up for themselves about just like being just like thinking that like, you know, penises are weird or scary or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, if, if, if I can at least make, you know, when we were kids, they were funny. They weren't scary. <laughs> and he's like, if I can at least make it kind of funny again, maybe it'll make it a little less scary yeah, that, and not for other people, but for like yourselves, you know, like you need to not like, don't, it's not about you being afraid of other people's penises. You need to not be afraid of your own to yeah, begin with, or, totally. or whatever genitalia you have. It's like, that's the thing I don't like, uh, like I said, I, I'm interested in learning about how our societies came to be the way it is, but I'm not like that guy, you know, I'm, I'm not like that guy actually. Like, in that way, I'm not trying to. Right. Like, I, it just happened like it's that. A I, I, I made this character, sure. and like, um, I was already using a different animatronic character, and then I start, I was like, hang on, I, maybe I should use this one of the gig. And then it's just, then I've started like to, to do other things from there. But but yeah, it, like yeah, it kind of works too well. Like these yeah. days, like when it pisses me off, I, I'm not I'm not that insane that I think, oh, you know, because I hear people, you know, you see people that might do something that's like getting people's attention or something. And they're like, oh, I don't want them to focus on that. You know, they should yeah. just focus on my music. I, I know that it's something that people might talk about. Of course, I'm not fucking crazy. It's but like I do the wish, main thing that people talk about. Yeah, yeah this is the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's like... Um, Please look at what else I'm doing because, like, you know, I, 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 like I spend so much time doing my stuff, like crazy amounts of time. I spend a lot of time when I'm on tour doing my stuff. I'm not like hanging out and like partying or anything like this. You know, I'm, I'm just drinking water. I'm trying to stay away from talking to people to save my voice. I'm trying to like be alone so I can remember how to fucking get everything ready and not miss anything and make the show as good as I can. So like it frustrates me when I get, you know, oh, okay, the dick face guy. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I understand. But like I spend so much of my time. The mask, yeah, I, I mean, if if I had to make the mask from scratch, and like I, it didn't happen in this way when I did it because it was a I was on jobs and I was doing other stuff, but it would take me maybe two weeks to make the mask. It even shorter to like it probably three weeks I could produce that whole thing from scratch these days. I'm also so, keen to talk about like the mask creation as well because you explained it to me the other day and I, I found it pretty interesting. I mean, even I was just going to say, even just having to, to wear a mask and perform on stage regardless of, I mean, I remember <laughs> when, I, when I was like a, a teenager and I, I first started making music, I was doing like experimental noise power electronic shit with, uh, and I would wear like this bloody panda mask while I was performing. <laughs> and like, dude, it... That's the mask. Wearing the mask was the hardest part of their performance. It was the keeping keeping it on and just like not it. It sucks. It's so it's like well, that's that. the thing. Mine's a prosthetic. Like mine is a prosthetic. I can produce pieces to glue onto my face. Like it's made as a prosthetic, one mm -hmm. piece prosthetic makeup. So it's made on my face. It's like and to link it into what you asked and Bill. Like it's like it's a prosthetic. So it started with a colleagues of mine did my life cast and then from there I took over the process because obviously kind of I come life cast myself so yeah i mean it's it's yeah life cast in our genetic how is like what's the process for like life casting your own head yeah or you can't life cast your own head i mean because no, I mean, you <laughs> you're completely encased in fiberglass and uh, in in alginate or these days silicon is that is it uncomfortable too. like when you do it 
Oh, some people really freak out. Like, you know, you, you, you life cast. I've had actors, everyone that does this job or has done prosthetics, you have actors passing out. Wow. You have people panicking because you're encased in either algin or life casting silicon on your skin. Mm-hmm. And outside of that is, is layers of plaster bandage. How do you breathe? Through your nose only. They just put like uh, pipes? No, you don't put pipes because like if something's tapping, you bump them and you can get a pipe up in your foot. <laughs> so <laughs> what you do is... That's I mean, they unfortunately probably learned of, the hard way the first time. Oh, it's yeah. part of a, the technique of being a good prosthetics technician. Just I mean, leaving you know, those holes. Part of the process. Yeah. Because the way you do it, you mix up with algin. I'll explain algin, but the silicon process is the same. Well, kind of the same. You mix up the material. The person has a, a, a bald cap on. Either their ears are exposed or not, depending on what you're doing. And then you pour the alginate onto their head. You might smear someone in their eyes and you let it all run down. And as it's running down, you're working it, like putting it all over the face. And the whole time you're making the nostrils clear. So there's usually one or two people, usually two people doing it, just a bus cast. But we do the same process with a, with a full body. So you do how the do full you, body front and back. How do you get that off? Prize it, you put a special bead around the, the seam and then you pry it open with screwdrivers or something. And right, then, and then you just sort of, you just sort of like put it back together. At the end, you, like, you put keys in it and you make it so it, it seats, the jacket seats back in and you and you cut the... So when, when the front is on, then you put the last, you, you put... Um, Vaseline around the seam and then you close the plaster bandage mm-hmm. and then that makes it so it releases so then you pry the back um, jacket off off the cast and then you cut or rip the alginate or silicon and you pull the actor out of it you get them to move their face around and it loosens off talk more into this thing but then you take it away you glue it back together back to the process uh, put plaster into it so um, hydrocal, there's a lot of different special plasters for this. Put plaster in it. Then you um, pull out a plaster positive. So then you have the person's head in plaster. Then you clean the whole seam up, fix it all up, make it perfect. Then you take a mold of it with silicon with a fiberglass jacket. So then it's durable. So then you can produce many, many, many heads right. out, of, out of plaster, out of whatever material you want. What, what's your one made out of? In my case, you produce a fiberglass version of my head. Mm-hmm. And on the fiberglass head, then you start to sculpt in, in a sculpting clay. You sculpt the character exactly how you want it. Then you take a mold of that in fiberglass in my case. And you pull that apart. You destroy the sculpture. So you're left with a fiberglass version of my head that, that keys onto that external jacket. Then you make a hole in that core, in that, in that version of my head. You make a pore tube and then, that, and, then you, and then you mix up foam latex, which is another material, which is what my mask is made out of. You mix up foam latex in a cake mixer, you whisk it up. It's a whole new other process that I won't go into. It's very temperature sensitive and time sensitive. It's all on a stopwatch. You have to add different chemicals at different times. And you mix it up in the, and then you pour that into a big syringe and then you inject it, like big injection syringe that's like, and then you put it in an oven, bake it 85 degrees for like, an hour-ish, pull it out, wash it, cut off any imperfections on it with like soldering iron to melt all the seams and fill any holes with, with a mixture of prosthetic glue and cabasil, thickening agent, like you use all these special materials. Then you prime it with a special flexible primer. Then you then you paint it. Yeah, it looks like you've done like a lot of shading and shit on there. Well, that, that mask now is very <coughs> destroyed. When you see a new mm. one, it looks totally really different yeah yeah but then you add the hair and then and but but back in the process in in that case like you know where the nose mechanism is on the core like yeah i touched this plate piece that 
will create a void in the foam latex skin at the end so the me mechanical pieces can fit in and all this kind of thing. Right. So then you start building the animatronics after that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the animatronics being like the servo motors in the... Yeah, in my case, the servo motors are behind my ears in those voids here and then there's cables that run up and then there's like... Nowadays, it's all 3D printer parts that resin printed, like DLP printed spines. But yep, yep. This junction here is FDM. Right. It's got FDM cable clamps all over it. It's got a vacuum formed skull cap. That's a whole other process. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it sounds like very involved, but if you're a prosthetic, prosthetics or creature effects technician, these are normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every, well, not everyone does it because not everyone's an all rounder, but <laughs> like any real professional uh, creature effects technician knows a little bit about all of those processes, right. if not all of them. And this is um, stuff that you've done as a job for like the last 15 years or something, right? Yeah, since 2001. Yeah. Or 2000. And you've been, um, what, what's some stuff that you've worked on? You worked on X-Men, right? Yeah, X-Men. The most recent film I worked on was, fuck, Pirates of the Caribbean is the last biggest one, maybe. Oh, maybe something after that. What, what was? Oh, no. Uh, what, what's the one with the reptilians? Um, Alien? I didn't work on the last Alien. I worked on the one before Prometheus. Okay. Yeah. But I was in, I was working, not in creature effects there. I was working for a, just a general special effects company in London and I worked on some like fastenings for the monitors in, in the Prometheus spaceship. Um, but all, the, the company I worked for a lot in, in Australia, Odd Studio, they did the last Alien film. Yeah, it's fucking crazy like how much goes into this shit and then it just seems to like almost all get lost on people because of how good it is. It's like if, if it was like a dick mask that was like slightly worse and didn't look so realistic and fucking crazy, people would just be like, oh, that's some fucking weird well, shit. Well, in some way, that's a, that's a form of success. You know, when they say if you've done something right, people can't tell if you've done anything at all. Yeah, I had a chick come up to me whilst... Well, I, so I had a bunch of people come and say shit to me while you were playing at the black box. One was like Tipper came up to me and he was like, dude, it's so impressive. But like, I guarantee you like nobody here understands that like you bending over and shit like that is controlling stuff in the in the session and he's like it's crazy like he 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 instantly like realized that all of that shit is getting lost on people and then i had another chick come up to me and she was just like this guy fucking scares me and left <laughs> <laughs> so like i saw like both ends of the spectrum in but that's the thing man like it's it's to do with a lot of things that's yeah i've got got this mask on yeah whatever people's like once upon a time like you know, we a lot of with music, people are so used to DJ culture now that they don't even think like. And you got to remember, like, all, any of us three are old enough to remember when there weren't. Well, in Australia, okay, for us, yeah, there's DJ culture, but not really. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know no, I mean? no, like, fuck no, dude. There's no DJ culture there. Well, no, but like when we were young, you know, when, people our age that grew up in. Europe or USA. Yeah. There was DJ culture. Totally, like hip hop. Like and they grew up with it. We didn't. That's one thing. Totally. But at the same time, the world has become like most younger people that are probably going to gigs these days. DJs of the musicians, like, you know what I mean? That's where the music comes from. That kind of are a bit disjointed that someone has to either make that music or there is still bands and stuff, like groups of people. You know, once upon a time, people could be as intimidated by, you know, bet. Bands have been known to have crazy frontmen or members that do crazy shit at a gig. Mm -hmm. 
forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were even there were bands that we consider corny, like from the '80s, that would that would scare the crap out of their audiences. And totally. They, they man. Were, but but now, yeah, everyone, they were signed to major labels. Totally. Yeah. Like but, Alice but, Cooper and shit. And <laughs> yeah. Totally. But 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 there's there's a lot of them. Like, but but at the same time, I just think it's a lot to do with you know everyone's so used to DJ culture now, and it happens with shows. Like we talk about this when I do shows. Like I'm playing in a lot of nightclubs. Yeah those promoters and those the whole organization is used to dealing with DJs mm-hmm. and that's fine but but I'm not a DJ so kind of like what a band would need most bands you know they'll yeah. have their guitar before a show they'll warm up they'll sing they'll t- you know singers test their voice they warm up their voice I do this stuff and I have my equipment yeah and and it's the same the crowds the same they, they're not used to it they're just used to a DJ and going to dance and that's all fine I'm not, not saying it's a problem but it's like yeah, they're just less used to something happening on a stage. Like they're used to. Yeah. It's a totally social event. Well, oh, totally. Well, and, a of, and a lot of up and coming artists don't, unfortunately, don't realize that that's an option. You know, a lot of no. people feel like, you know, the the standard prescription of delivering audio to people is to be behind a six foot folding table. Totally, man. And 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 that's also not their fault. You know, once upon a time, like now we can test the waters that they can or whoever can test the waters with marketing. Like what you when you mentioned these bands that are on major labels, mm-hmm. because record labels could make a lot of money if they threw some weird shit in there and, and maybe people would like be interested in it. You know what I mean? Like it's like, let's sign this crazy band. It'll probably sell stuff because people are going to look at it because there's something strange going on. Yeah, yeah. But now, like, you know, like everyone can engineer the way that the the material is delivered and they can test if it's going to be popular. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to run risks anymore. Like heaps of the iconic bands from the 70s. It's like special. Well, over the past 10 years, it's almost like the culture accidentally produced an abundance of safe art and forgot that that's like not necessarily the point. Yeah, totally. Or or not the only not the only point, you know, and it's cool. It's like there's a lot of there's even on like the 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 heavy bass end of of the spectrum, it's still quote unquote feel good music. It is. Yeah, it's 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 like uh it's satisfying and it's not like yeah, it doesn't make you feel weird. It makes you feel like satisfied and good and like everything always resolves and like everything is always mixed but real people nice. forget. I mean, people forget that, you know, being weird or psychedelic or alternative, especially psychedelic, it's like you're supposed, it's not supposed to be comfortable a- yeah. a- at all. Like, I mean, rem- I remember, I can think about uh, any psychedelic experience I've had. They were definitely not, it was definitely not comfortable you right know? it's like and, everything and, seems that's part wrong. of it you know you're yeah. supposed they call it a trip because you're supposed to go somewhere else not the same place right. over and over again and that's kind of why i i uh stopped trying to inject myself into like the side trans community because i kind of <laughs> it kind of just felt like this the same thing over over and over again and it's had this like really really rigid narrow aesthetic and i'm like this is totally. not like if you tried to if you did anything outside of the bounds of it people wanted to call it something else and yeah, so yeah. you're always just pushed to the to thing else and there's not there there's suddenly not really a community for people who want to actually be weird the other yeah totally the other thing is like you show them something completely different like techno or something or like you know uh, fucking bass music or just anything and they're like oh that's some fucking weird psytrance <laughs> like they just well, relate the everything like, to the, it the yeah. way I see a lot of this stuff is like people's idea of experimental or whatever is different everywhere you know like and people's <sighs> idea of any of these things are different everywhere but the, the thing that I find a way to try and explain it is like in my opinion the colonized countries like the cu- country, countries that have been colonized by the United Kingdom i.e. mainly the ones that I've experienced in Australia USA the genres of music that we mainly use things from didn't come from us and those genres 
some places in the world are just a part of the culture. They're not a marketable genre. So when they when all these genres get copied by us white people, Bill, I'm not including you, Holly. Oh well, I mean, I'm no, no. white, but I'm yeah, also but Aboriginal. I mean, you're, you're lucky enough to have that. Like, but, yeah. like, did you know that? But, no. Yeah, I'm Aboriginal. <laughs> Very like small amount, awesome but it's ever. but it's in there. But 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 you know what I mean? Like the, when when the when the colonized like when the convict population, I would have to say, colonized the countries. All these musical genres, they exist somewhere not within our culture. And then all of a sudden, someone started to market them. And then the whole thing starts to get bastardized into this fucking nightmare. And, it's, and it happens right before our eyes now with like, you know, the newest, like these kind of footwork and all these subgenres. Yeah, that all came from like Detroit techno. These guys just made it to fuck around and, and dance or something. Like they didn't make it to try and sell it and be cool and get yeah. gigs and get paid and make it to, for any other reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same as like the, the, the fundamental parts of all of these genres are that. It, you know, you might talk about in, in, in Germany, like, um, well, I don't think it all came from one place, but, you know, there's things where rock music, obviously taken from African people got to white people and start to morph into things. And then you've got like industrial music that morphed into maybe techno or started to turn into these things. But only when it morphed into things, we, people started calling it techno and then they started to all make I mean, it. Say, and then, reggae into dub, into dubstep. Exactly. You know? Like, you know, like we have to, uh, personally, I have a problem with this cause I'm always like, I'm, I feel like I'm not attached to any of them. I wish I was because I have friends we've talked about like Otto, for example, you know, he's from, he's got the Cuban thing. He's, he's German as well, but his life is about that. His family is the Cuban thing. They, they speak Spanish. They speak their own version of Spanish. They, you know, they, there's hip hop there that came from African, African people. It's right on their doorstep. Like it's all mixed. Growing but up I, in but Australia, I think you in, don't get that. Well, kind of, it. though. Like, I mean, you did grow up in, like, the bush in Australia, basically. And that, I think, like... Bro, I'm trying to get back you. to that now because, you know, yeah, when you're yeah. young, you, you just pick up all this stuff. Totally, yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's a yeah. bad thing. We all go through processes in life, but that stuff is my life. So, you, you know, music is what we do. So we're, we're constantly... But you can get wound up in that stuff. Like, And I always try to think back to that. It's like... This is all, like, all this genre stuff is marketing. Like, it's only used to condense things and to make it to sellable. We don't have a fucking clue what, what techno is, what hip-hop is. We're not, I'm not that person. I can talk for myself only, but I'm not that person. I can make that music, but I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm emulating a marketing scheme. Right, you're saying, so, like, you kind of have to be, like coming from the roots of i'm not saying you have to be but i wish i could be that person and i and so you, i respect think like i mean you you think that like any sort of emulation isn't as real even if it's like completely emulated i just think when in my experience what i took away from like living in central europe and i think being a bit closer like living in london and seeing with the maybe some of the raggedton kind of roots and stuff like this from that end of the scale like and seeing like the carnival and seeing how they they're on they're just doing it to dance and make this thing they didn't make it for any other reason like it's just it's the same as like people making percussion instruments when they were living in the forest like aboriginals like with t sticks or rocks or whatever right but do you think that it's a problem now that drum kits are just so easily purchasable Totally. I mean, if you want to make that stuff, but but that leads to what I'm also like with me personally. I'm mate, I'm trying. I'm not trying to, but the things I'm using are more closely related to video games or something. You know what I mean? It's, it's basically video game controllers. It's closer to like v VR or augmented reality, which is I'm not really interested in. But I'm trying to like use the body in ways that we already know how to use it, instead of forging our body to operate some device that's 
you know, to learn guitar, we've both learned guitar. I don't know. Do you play guitar? You know what it's like. Yeah. You have to force your hand to do this weird thing. Totally, yeah. I mean, I think eventually everyone will be able to make music because there'll be some inner, like, interface to the brain that a lot of people talk about at the moment. And you'll be able to just do stuff, which I think is awesome. Mm. I think everyone should be able to do well, that. Well, that's why I use um, my MIDI controller on stage now as a fucking mouse and I don't even use a MIDI <laughs> controller. And everyone's like, why do you use a mouse on stage? I'm like, because it's the best way to control a computer, you Touch fucking dumb yeah, that's right. <laughs> Touch screens are so offensive. Like, uh, seriously, it sucks to use a touchscreen. They've backwards. They, like, a QWERTY keyboard is, is awesome. Like, yeah. It looks dumb, like to have a mouse on stage, but it's so efficient. Like I, I never like. <laughs> I loved it. I the first person I ever saw doing that was Kilowatts. Yeah, which, uh, he had a QWERTY click clack keyboard and a mouse on it's stage. It's the best and... way to con like we. I fucking practice using my computer like that all day every day. Like why would I switch to something else? But, but there was something you were saying before about um they do the like younger kids starting out they don't know there's other options. You said that. Yeah, because you go, you go to venues and you just see you know like uh th the other night it was kind of funny uh the Amon Tobin show that was here, um, all of the openers were were using CDJs. They mm -hmm. had four decks. And, and then a, he used his tractor, right? And, you know, th all, all the openers were, had backlined, you know, at uh, $11,000 worth of Pioneer DJ equipment. Mm -hmm. and Amon Tobin shows up with a beat-up MacBook Air and an yeah. S2 that cost 90 bucks <laughs> yeah, and yeah, totally. leveled the place. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you don't... So, but, but, but while, while, you know, the CDJs are, are incredibly effective tools... For for DJing, I feel like the 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 aesthetic and the the sort of prescriptive um, context is is something that people aren't really thinking about. A lot uh, control of context is like a huge hugely important thing for me, and I feel like it's the first thing that all artists give up for the chance to play. You know, when people totally, yeah. when when whenever people are writing any kind of music, the last thing you're thinking about is so how am I going to present this for yeah. people what's the what's the context well that's that's totally i mean but when the local promoter says hey you want to play your set and you're like wait i can just play my tracks off of a laptop yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden now like i became a, a dj just because it's that that's allowed uh, yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the thing like uh, for me um you know i was playing bands for so long you know you you, you know you play in bands you learn an instrument or whatever and you play or but I don't know, I got into electronic music to add it to a band. You know, I was interested in MIDI guitar and all this kind of stuff. But like for me, it, for me, the, the the main, I don't know if it's a problem, but I mean, I, I love this. I love this super minimal approach. Don't get me wrong. I like to, I do like the idea of like someone with this box and then there's sound coming out of it. Yeah, and, yeah. And also I agree. Like, yeah. I also like it with, um, with the way of writing music. Like there was a long time, I mean, you remember when I got into Renoise and stuff like that, and yeah, I was yeah. getting off on it that I didn't have to use a mouse and you yeah. could just use a numpad right. and you just fucking type it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's awesome. It's fucking crazy. If you know if you know theory and you learn like the ticks, the steps per beat and stuff on a, on a tracker, there's no faster way Dude, to fucking a, make music. There's it's a guy mental. I just signed to my label called Sue from Texas who makes all his IDM on Renoise. And oh, he, he noises fucking. Dude, Renoises it's so, it's so cool. He he sends me videos of it, and it looks so intense. It's just like a wall of numbers, just like running down. <laughs> I mean, I had the Nitro tracker on the DS, and that you could open the project files in Renoise. Like it's just madness. Like making the whole track on on a DS with the microphone, and then just open the project because the, the the files are all like they go between any any um yeah because it's, like, it's just like a bunch of fucking number data uh, but but it's it, it's so like it's, it, trackers are awesome but anyway like 
I, the, the thing I think at the moment is the thing is like, yeah, we, we've talked about this as well, but it's like which software companies actually make like, – okay, so the, the main thing is like, well, yeah, I build my stuff and there's people that build all different ends of the spectrum of, in complexity, people who are more engineers and, you know, people build all different instruments, but it, the components are cheaper now. There's more tools like Ableton has Max for Live. There's, there's more people than ever like using kind of more, you know – malleable software to like make music kind of just because there's more people into it but there's no companies making a program to like change this tape emulation linear style of working there's no software company trying to fuck that up i mean obviously cycling 74 makes a tool where you can do that and 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 to me it's like obviously when we go to gigs now we don't just listen to music we we we, we see screens we do things and people are always trying to do new things but programs like Max, they're, they're awesome because they make you realize that it's all, if you're working in a digital realm, like it's all actually the same. Everything's the same. It doesn't matter if it's audio or whatever. It teaches you that, you know, about, it teaches some some f- basic physics to understand about sound waves and electricity and things like that. It, it, it's so intuitive if you let it be. Like, and, and But it makes you understand that, like, I can work with any medium here in the digital realm. It's, it's kind of the same. So it's one big picture. But there's no one building. So, and, and you remember, like, we've talked about this as well. It's like, remember when we were building computers all the time because our current one wasn't powerful enough to push, like, 20 fucking tracks. I remember, like, when <laughs> I first like, started writing music, I had to build a new computer, like, every two years, basically, because, yeah, like, year, software was years. just advancing so yeah, rapidly. Yeah. And now we can do this. Now I haven't had to upgrade in a while, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. For me, what I did at that point is, like, fuck, it's quick for me to do all that now, so I'm going to do some other shit. Right. And that's another thing for me. Like, I was like, I've got all this free time now because I don't have to... Wait to render a Yeah, yeah, like you were saying earlier. And, and a lot every- of people got comfortable at that point and, and stopped. For me, I didn't. I, I just kept trying to add new stuff then started getting more into the programming or whatever and learning that I oh fuck I can do all this stuff it's really cheap now mm. but there's no like the computers can like back then that's what I was getting to back then with those older computers and older than that I was still using but but at the same time like they couldn't handle or you couldn't buy the parts and build your own thing yet if you were working with some engineers you could have built some stuff back then to hit the machine with a shit ton of inputs and there's some crazy stuff like Stellark or someone was doing some fucking mental shit, like which I think, even though I didn't know about Stellark when I started doing my stuff, he's like, he was doing what I do now, but a, like a simpler version of it, but it was probably costing him like fucking half a million bucks yeah, yeah. of art grant. I don't know that for a fact, but he would have had budgets for that stuff. Right. But nowadays you can fucking hit the machine with as much information as you can. You can be, you can build instruments that have more articulation, like you can be more articulate with an electronic instrument than you can with a guitar or something, I dare say. Like you can make some very personal instruments if you want to say. You know, people are always talking about, oh, you know, electronic music, well, people aren't always talking about, but you know, commonly people are, oh, you know, I like more like real music, like guitar and singing. It's like, yeah, voice is an obvious one, but guitar is an electronic instrument, like yeah, electric totally. guitar. It's an electric guitar. So <laughs> people forget this. It's like it goes into a, a pickup and it goes into an amplifier and then someone's engineered all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the sound because, source is still the speaker. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, it's an electronic instrument, but at the same time, like we can now build an electronic instrument that can translate our movements, our fucking biometrics out anything like elements from from the the environment we live in not our body like we can turn that into something 
and translate that to audio, to video, to whatever. Like we can build these crazy high resolution, whatever you want to call it, instruments. But no one, no company is building it. And that's because they're making a shit ton of money about like off of essentially tape emulation basically yeah totally man like, well it's like when they said it's the they were the whole uh like argument back in the day when when moog was first coming out with their synthesizers is there it's like oh they're they're killing instruments and it's like no it's like you're not supposed to get a moog to replace it <laughs> you're not supposed to make trumpet yeah. sounds with a moog yeah, you're supposed to do things thing. the trumpet can't do yeah, yeah, yeah i mean I, I have to stop myself honestly i know a lot of my stuff emulate you know it's still a linear input or a boolean it's like a floating or a boolean input coming into the machine it's on off or it's a fucking floating number so it's still going from zero to something or one or zero. So I'm not like fucking reinventing everything, but I'm just trying to utilize all this movement or, or, or the fact that it's all in flux and making this thing that's moving all the time is what I'm fascinated in. But I do have to stop myself and stop emulating like um, like motion capture suit or something. It's essentially a motion capture suit. So lately I've been trying to think of ideas to use the industrial sensors to capture some movement. That what, what are the that. industrial sensors? Is that that thing? I, that's I, like- just using that term, it's not that the best term, but just any kind of... Uh, like resistor or like potentiometer or something that that um they're, they're com- you know a lot of the sensors that I use if they're not like something from some hobby thing prototype something or build robots or something they're like industrial sensors from like production like machines that are producing something you know like they might be a what, what's that one you use in the back because I was asking you if it's Arduino and you said no it's better than Arduino oh okay so. I am using these IMU units that I buy off Seb from XIO Technologies, which is a company in the United Kingdom who he specializes in making IMU units. That So they're a small microcontroller that has onboard sensors of all different descriptions and people buy them off him to to use to prototype their engineering things. Like, you know, they might be building a machine or a, a device that, needs an accelerometer or needs to have um, temperature measurements coming off it or um, you know a barometer or and then he builds also that's something that he produces so I buy those IMU units off him or he actually gives them to me and he helped me and he wrote a library and a code on a microcontroller which is a teensy which is a higher like it has more memory it has a higher frequency it has more I.O. You can actually get even bigger ones, which my new system is going to have that has a lot of analog and digital inputs and outputs. What I thought, found the most impressive was how fucking rugged it is and like how, how well, I'm um, not robust is the word, like how good it is at like, uh, if, so for instance, was in the green room uh, at the black box. Oh, sorry, ankle pad. We'll, we'll edit. <laughs> You're, yeah, I, I'm going to tell the dude. Recard. To, <laughs> Recard. Oh, fuck it. Um, he was in the bleep it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell him to bleep it out. Um, you're in the uh, green room at the black box, and it was just like flashing. And then as soon as you walk into range, it's just like bam, it connects. Like, which you've done visual stuff with. Um, what's his name? With uh, Zach. Binary, with Zach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, like with, uh, how uh, touch tough designer. Oh uh, yeah, and how tough it can be to like just get the shit working on a on a cabled network, even you know. Well, that's the one thing that we do now is we kind of just we actually use cables and it that's what un- i was fortunate it makes things so much i mean you, you can't, have to can't run do what you do with with cable, like yeah being able run to, an ethernet like it was so cool like you started, you started your set from well, the first gr- of all you started your cable. set from the green room and then yeah, you know yeah. peeking your head out from the door like i i can't i can't do shit like that yeah, yeah. but like so for well, festivals and stuff we we just found that like yeah just show up a day early and bury a 
300 foot ethernet cable in the ground you can do do anything well that's the thing like seb that but that's not you know that's not me being great at something that's that's seb the guy that i buy these things off that because that the unit the, the, the reason why that happens is he's built that that imu unit it has a user interface that you connect via usb you calibrate it, you you tell it what network to log on to um like it just connects to a router it can, mm-hmm. it can be on a 2.4 gig or a 5G um, connection. And it just starts spewing out the fucking OSC data just as soon as it connects. So it's got a password. You can have the network open or close. You know, you can send set the send rate frequency. Like I've got a whole, I can send way faster too. Like I'm I'm still like going through that. Like the new system was sending even faster, but the latency is fucking incredible. I haven't, I haven't measured it for ages. I can't even remember when I did measure it, but it's crazy, man. Like, like slow or, or quick? Fast. Man. Oh, really? Yeah. It's insane. Like, well, it's I mean, like when you're walking out, like as soon as you came out, it connected, and then it was like tracking your footsteps straight away. It's yeah, I have, to, I have to um, arm that. Like yeah. I've got a button. If I hold one button, it's one sound. Another button's another sound. Another button. If I don't yeah. hold the button, it doesn't It doesn't send a note on for that, that hit. But um, it, I'm going to go further with that. <laughs> I used to have it on the accelerometer, so when I turn my hand, it would mod- like just it would change the sound, but it was a bit annoying. But um. But yeah, as for the connectivity, that's said. But the other thing is, it's just utilizing current networking protocol stuff that guys like him who write that kind of thing and know about it, they know how to do it. It's, it's like all our phones use that, you know. It's so it's not. Um, it, that's another thing that, that I always think about. It's like because people say, oh, it's like futuristic or it's or it's you know it's too much tech. It's like oh, yeah, like it's it's normal. It's it's the technology that's around us now. You just yeah, can't buy a guitar using. center, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but I think like yeah, but like yeah, no. you probably can cool. actually. Yeah, you can get like what uh, wireless mic setups and wireless IEM setups from Guitar Center, right? Yeah, but you can't like the they operate on like stuff. radio frequency, I think. Oh no, well, IEMs like it depends what country, but they're usually like there's, there's a new Sennheiser have a new one. It's like two point four, but but I tend to is there a, uh, is it a short range? Two point five four, like the lower the frequency, the further it penetrates. So you, like, when it goes down to like. Uf UHF bands are like crazy. I mean, I have I, use, I have drones as well, and I have like long range. Like I've got drone, I've got like radio systems with my drones. That I can fly like oh, 10, yeah, 10, 40 kilometers, man. No problems with oh, video. Shit. You uploaded like a video right of you like above all the eucalyptus trees near your house, and like he has these videos Koala. that he took with his drone of koalas up in the top of the tops of the trees. Yeah. <laughs> That's with an old drone, but I have a new one that can lift like twenty five kilos, like a proper could put a cinema camera on it, but. I, I have way huge headroom with the radio gear. I don't fly that thing out of line of sight, but I used to fly things way out of line of sight, and it's just stupid. But the, the, how did you <laughs> even get them back at that point? Oh, do they no, have cameras on them so you can see them in real time? Oh yeah, you're well, you flying with a headset or... on. You're flying with a headset on, but it also has GPS. You can return to home or whatever. But oh, crazy dude! <laughs> Fucking hell. no, but they all have every drone has. Dude, that fuck, stuff. drones are insane, man. But with the radio stuff, like um, you weren't I, buying your I did a lot of experimenting <laughs> yeah. with um, your rack. I'm getting with a drone. the radio stuff. You know, like I know a bit about that. I know about the antennas. I just use like linear antennas with the setup I have that have a high decibel output from the router for example and on on my microphone i have a new i just remembered i didn't have the fucking mic the the antenna on the other night on the mic all right fucking idiot i didn't put the antenna on but but yeah as for the yeah it's all standard stuff and um it works really really well i use yeah five the, yeah so you ask is it uh yeah 2.4 penetrates further but everyone's phone is on 2.4 everyone's phone's looking for a 2.4 network most networks are 2.4 but i didn't do it the other night but when i first started doing shows with this setup i have this app i forget what it is but you can scan to see what networks are in this in the area 
It just looks sweet. A, a lot of networks, I, I don't know if it's different out there. We can you can do five G connect. Totally, but but for example, what I, what I was getting at is like if I scan, um, like if I turn that on my laptop here, I would see all the networks and it would tell me what what if they're on five G and what channel on five G they're on. So then you can go into the router um, setup or admin setup and change the channel on the router. If you if you see that there's this part of the spectrum that has a shit ton of fucking networks on it, just go and just move into a little little space around it. And I, I haven't done it for ages, but okay. but if you play in like New York City or something, mm -hmm. or some place where there's fucking open and it's like five hundred fucking routers in mm. the block, yeah. you're like ooh, and then and then also it shows you know everyone's got two point four in their pocket, and, and my, yeah, of course all devices are five G, but I do take these things into consideration. But to be honest, I've never had a problem with it. Like, have you heard this, about this system? Like, if I played at a huge festival, which I haven't, I'm talking like with. Fucking, well, I've played at some big ones where there would have been like potentially day for night or something. Like yeah, that. where there's there's literally maybe what twenty or thirty thousand people walking around with, yeah, a, with, with a phone in their pocket yeah. looking for my network, <laughs> and and that many things trying to fucking get in that's, there. That's that's the reason why Zach and I buried a cable because there's there's the no service, was, so there's going to be three thousand people with their cell phones trying well, to. Well, this is another thing I learned, which might be handy for you. Like a guy I met at that even further festival in Wisconsin. Uh, the guy that was doing the AV show. So you might know a bit about this stuff, Bill. The, um, do you know what the platform is? It's like, you know, Pro Tools have their proprietary interfaces, but there's a there's one of those for staging. It controls all the lights. It has a special mix. Oh, uh, it's the thing that they call like a universe or whatever? I don't know, but it's the same as like, oh, you want a Pro Tools engineer and they know all about Pro Tools yeah, systems. Yeah. This, these dudes like know no about right. this big Oh, thing. DMX is it? Is it? No, DMX is a, a kind of okay. like a protocol. Yeah. an avid still in just video. I forget what it is, but this guy, he's like a master of that. You know, it's show control system. It has a special mixer. He owns one of the, the big consoles and he gets hired. He brings his console and he can interface with any lighting system, you know, like, and he can, so if they have LED walls or, and lights and fucking audio and MIDI and OSC, like he, he knows all about all these things. And the how, grandma, is that what it's called? I think it is. Maybe I can't remember, I but, but this dude told me, cause he was, he was interested in what I was doing. It's like, we were talking all about it. And I was talking to him about the routers, like we just were. And he's like, oh, you know, we use on the big shows, we use these ubiquity, um, you know, have you seen Ubiquity uh, routers? I don't think so. The, the the really common ones, and I think they use them in malls, they just look like a little UFO, but they have a huge milliwatt transmitting power. And But they're just the, the consumer ones. That Ubiquity, like, have a look at their website. It will fucking blow your mind, man. Hey, like, have, they you, have, have you heard about these 5G fucking conspiracy theory things? Well, when I say when I was saying 5G earlier, I didn't mean like that, like yeah. the cell phone service. I meant just like the bandwidth of, of Wi-Fi. Yeah, 5G, the or conspiracy one is yeah. like 11,000K or something. It's like the, yeah. the, the, the name doesn't have any correlation to the actual frequency okay. as opposed to 5G. It was, it was funny a lot, like... People on the internet were freaking out because they saw that their Wi-Fi routers were set to 5G, oh, totally. and they're like, "What <laughs> am I? Is my brain being fried?" And it's like, "No, it's There's totally people different." Said, said that too. Oh yeah, the 5G. My system's got 5G. They think <laughs> I'm gonna fucking die, dude. Is it like is the actual 5G shit able to kill you? Even do you know much about that? I don't know enough about yeah. it. I'm not a scientist. I don't, I don't know much about I'm it. I'm not either. a physicist. I don't know. I know that I went into a Facebook group and um, 
I basically was just like, it was like day one of the 5G conspiracy theories. And I saw everyone was connecting to this Facebook group. It was like 30 fucking thousand people that joined like that. So I went in there. I was like, what's this about? And I like posted a thing and some conspiracy theorists just like copy pasted like 50 comments worth of like huge paragraphs worth of information to me. I'm like, bro, I'm not reading all that shit. I mean, I remember in the late nineties, <laughs> somebody made a fucking billion dollars off of selling these little plastic mesh stickers you put on your phone that were supposed to prevent you from getting cancer. So from what, from my experience, every new piece of technology you just see ever a, come a out, money making people, scheme well, <laughs> people just freak out about whether or not it's going to yeah, yeah. cause That's cancer. And, 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 you know, it pro- pro- probably, you know, I don't, I'm sure all yeah. this shit's not, not good for us, but mm. you know, neither, yeah, neither is the sun and clean water oxidizes us from the inside out. So we're all, we're all going to become worm food. No getting around that. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, the network stuff is like, it works. It wor- Like that's what I was saying with these ubiquity. Like if you were doing something with this long range, you should check those ubiquity because they have like these like, they look like a fucking satellite dish, fucking amplifier things on the antennas, like a trend, the TX and RX antennas are different. And and so this guy was telling me for for tasks that are like not so timing, I mean, that's the thing, you might be doing stuff that's timing intensive. But he was telling me on the big shows, like, you know, where the fucking front of house front of house guys are like, I don't know, fucking like 150 metres back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use these these routers to do heaps of the arbitrary stuff. So say there's like, I don't know all the names of the lights on those systems, but these, the ones that aren't doing like stuff that's filling or any fill ones or these slower tracking ones, they'll use wireless connections um, for the input control, and they use these ubiquity modems that can fire like 2.4 or something over like fucking 20Ks and shit like that. And that's the thing, like two point, like the higher you go up in the spectrum, the, the, the less penetrative the signal is. So, yeah, 5G doesn't travel as far, and that's why I use a bit bigger antennas to boost it. But, uh, you know, those shows like the other night, like I have RSSI, like that's another thing. Seb's system, it sends RSSI, like the signal strength, back, like, you know, I can open up uh, uh, in UDP receive, I can unpack. Um, the UDP receive is like a max object, right? Yeah, just to receive OSC messages or UDP packet. And I guess people UDP listening can, who don't know use. what max is, it's like a node-based programming. Max MSP. Max MSP. So it's basically like um, it's like reactor or touch designer. It's like a node-based program where you create objects, connect all the objects together, and it can take data and fuck with the data in different ways and change it around. Yeah. Um, but you were telling me something about max for live. I didn't, I didn't know this, but apparently Max for Live is just given the amount of processing power that your graphics card has. Well, no, the graphics runs in the graphics thread. Yeah. So it's also competing for, um, yeah, it's competing for like memory from like fighting against other graphics tasks. That's what someone, ta- I think someone. Is that an Ableton decision or is that a cycling? I suppose Ableton. That would be an Ableton decision. Yeah, yeah. Because then they just, yeah. I, would have I don't to know if that had anything to do with like just the way Mac's integrated with like jitter and all that graphics. No, no, no. It's just totally like, um, like for when Ableton added Max for Live, that's where it gets its memory allocation from. So that it doesn't take away from Ableton? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about, um, software design to understand why they would have done that but um but yeah it, like yeah I, 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 hitting it with that amount of inputs floating inputs it couldn't handle it it was just buffering the input all the time because i suppose it just filled up the, the graphics memory and then it's just letting packets in and so it starts because in udp receive 
or if you have the max window open, you can see when it's dropping when UDP receives dropping packets. So it's just constantly dropping packets and you just put like an inspector thing on the output or something. No, oh yeah, you can you can you can send it from a specific area, but if you have just the normal max window open, you know, if you go into view, you've mm -hmm. got console and it just shows yeah, yeah. any like it shows which objects it's loading if they're yeah. third party objects and things like this. But yeah, it just starts dropping packets. But also it just buffers like it just buffers everything. So if you had like just a linear input lock and you sell you move your hand and then slowly it just gets more sluggish and it's just buffering it. Right. But but you can't see where the buffering's happening to change a buffer size or to to help it. Hey, one um, thing I want to talk about, um, <clears throat> I feel like talking about programming is going to get boring for people to listen to because <laughs> they're just going to be like, I've never used Max, what the fuck? And I don't know about? enough about it, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a prick. Um, I want to talk about microtonal shit though because yeah. that's something that you're super into and it's something that you're into as well a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, and not so much... I've tried doing the microtonal thing, but I use so many "quote unquote" real instruments that it it starts to become too much of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I like I like experimenting with it for my own purposes and like. Have you seen a microtonal guitar before with like all the frets just on oh, angles? Oh yeah, and I, shit? I mean, long crazy. time ago I used to play with. Uh, they were like hybrid electric guitars that, like sitars, you could adjust the the fret positions mm -hmm. and create your own microtonal tunings and it's mm. it's awesome i love alternative tuning music because it's i mean you're literally sitting there and you're i i can objectively say i've never heard this chord before you know like right. that's a real that's a real that's a real experience yeah. but it's it's a pain in the ass to produce is that kind of the reason why you like to do it too just because it's possible to find new things oh there's so many reasons man it goes into like well, I guess for people who, who are listening who don't understand the way tuning works, basically we have like a spectrum of frequencies. We take those frequencies, we split them up into different... One person, like one person did that and this is what... Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the the current system that like almost all music that you listen to in the West... 12-tone uh, equal temperament. It's 12-tone equal temperament. So you take like, um, say, a frequency range from like 440 hertz, which is 440 cycles per second to 880 cycles of a wave... Uh, cycle per second that's one octave and then if you break that octave up into 12 equal parts that's uh, equal temperament tuning and we would call that uh, a a sharp b c etc yeah. and then with microtonal tuning it's kind of like you either change the relationship of where those cuts happen so it's just not 12 evenly spaced cuts so you can get yeah, 15 ADO, so 16 ADO, 7 you can just any yeah you can add more like you can split it up into more parts than 12 or you can just like switch uh, your defined there. octave of any yeah yeah oh right so you don't, the octave is even different oh man you can do whatever you want but this, ah. is, this is the thing like 12 tone equal temperament is based on like one it was I, I can't quote the guy's name but it's like a Chinese mathematician's theory and it was devised purely so you could play the same piece of music in a different key you could and it's a genius system I mean you can you have all these crossover points like what is it the minus six and all these things you mm -hmm. can that things harmonize in weird ways and yeah and it has its own things but it's one tuning yeah, it's yeah. one our ears can hear huge amounts and that's just what our ears can hear yeah, yeah you know there's important sounds that are happening that we can't hear mm -hmm. same as there's important lights happening that we can't see yeah and, and it's for so many reasons with me and it, and it goes very deeply into what we started talking about the genre thing the one th one day, like this is the way I see it, and I think, I mean, th this stuff, when I first learned about it, it fucking blew my mind. I was like, holy, like, for me, learning about what 12-tone equal temperament is, it was the biggest, like, after this, like, what, 20-something years, 30 years of 
using it. Yeah, yeah. Finally learning what it was. And learning that there's other options. I remember being in like in high school and the first time my friend, we were fucking high and he's like, yo, I got to show you this guy built a piano with an H note and a J note in the scale. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is this? You know, Harry and that. <laughs> I bet like, mm-hmm. it, it's like. Was that the guy? Oh, Harry Parch built all kinds of, he had a like 44 note system. Like, but Harry Parch's stuff is, inc- he's, he's one of the first composers that I knew about that did microtone music, made his own systems. And it was for all kinds of crazy reasons of his own. But, you know, he could access like Arabic maqams in his 44 note scale. He could get close to Arabic maqams. He could touch on ancient Greek scales and he could get to other cultures within the notes he was using. Right. Directly. Because, you know, of course you can play Arabic esque like modes or scales with a 12 tone equal temperament, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Like they, these, maqam, like, is a word. Like I can't quote myself, like, but, but yeah, makam is a word that means place. Makams are in Arabic music, like a lot of them are taught by ear. They're not weren't written. They're each area in the place. They have no correlation to 12-tone equal temperament. But then Western people came along, saw them, and was like, oh, okay, we'll do a 24-note system. We'll just put another fucking spot and chop that fucking interval in half. Mm-hmm. Still, the, the, the main, like, Outside of that, twelve tone equal temperance still there. It's just half a half a tone in between, or quarter notes in between each each semitone, and so you've got like us again, like with genres, trying to play their stuff on our stuff. Right. right. It just doesn't work. It's not about that, and that music is ancient as fuck, man. Like you can't. It can't just be reduced to harmonic minor scale. Yeah, yeah. you can't just do that. It's not that. It's yeah, played on fretless instruments. It has all this. It has all this fucking mystique. Like it's just, it's, it's been, it's come down from, we don't, we, and now in science, we still can't say the pyramids are X amount of years old or whatever. Right. You know, we're still trying to work out how old our civilizations and humans are, or where we're from. We don't fucking know how old those fucking notes are, man. We yeah. don't know how old they are. And we're trying to forge them into this weird 12 spots. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. So, you know, there's got, there's, you know, I started looking into microtonal theory and, you know, there's microtonal theorists that don't make music. Most of them don't make music. Mm-hmm. They listen to the, they listen to these sounds on sine waves and just get off on it. Like, <laughs> and I get off on it too. That's about my, the extent of my relationship with, it, with microtonal music. It's <laughs> like, I, see, I love the Arabic instruments as a guitarist, you know, you, you hear an oud, you're like, what the fuck is that thing, man? I yeah, want yeah. that thing. <laughs> and I have a saz, I have a oud, I have santor, I have so many of these instruments and I fucking, I'm obsessed with them. And then, I, but then you can, to tune synthesizers is meant to be hard, but no, there is some options. There's retuning software. There's a lot of different retuners. Yeah, there's one called Scalar or something. No, Scalar is a is a is a file type that some soft and hard. There's guys oh, yeah, making hardware. like dot ton files or whatever. Yeah, you, you can retune MIDI, and so all it does is send a note on information with pitch bend, bend yeah, information, yeah. and sense. yeah. So you can. How Yegan does it. Yeah, he uses Scalar and then he, he, the thing is, and one of my issues with microtonal stuff in um, the way that I write music, basically all in the box, is that uh, it limits me to like four different fucking synths. Like I can use Zebra 2, Serum, uh, Contact, and I think there's like one more I have that can eat a .ton file, but not a lot. Yeah, but you don't have to use that. You can, so I use a retuner so the MIDI comes out to a, okay, yeah. to a, um, 
to a so how do you but how do you write it then do you just like send the midi in real time through a midi keyboard and then it retunes it in the box and then sends it into ableton or the way like so you got to build your own midi keyboard the main one I use is by this dude who actually doesn't even sell it anymore. This guy was so awesome. He helped me so much because when I first got into it, I didn't know. I couldn't, you know, when you, because then, then the main thing is like just intonation theory. That's what it is. And like, you know, classically music, like those musics, was, that, that, that music was just tune. And this is one of the reasons I think the 12 tone and equal temperament got employed is because they wanted to play the same pieces without having to retune and fuck with their instruments and also I, so the I, harmonies are per, like just harmonies are perfect if yeah. you're just third or just fifth or just seventh it's a completely different thing to a 12 tone version and the thing is as well this helps with mixing like the kind of music if we you write more of it than me these days but you know when you're doing heavily programmed music you're trying to fit all these tiny hits that do have a tuning they do have a, 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 a like center frequency to some respect, it might pop. It might over the spectrum. You know, the oct it might come over a few octaves or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you're like essentially trying to jigsaw together all these hits and <clears> make <throat> them all audible to, at your discretion. Yeah. But with microtone music, when someone finally makes a fucking digital audio workstation that is made to do this, it is gonna be fucking insane what you can do with. Well, it's that gonna be a lot easier to mix because then you're not gonna have like fundamentals just layering over exactly, the top yeah, yeah, yeah totally. exactly so it, I, I already do this anyway like yeah, I know, yeah. I know. We, we all do it but if you're working with just intonation mm -hmm. those overtones are a massive fucking minimum minimum they're minimum as fuck man but you yeah, can yeah. control every fucking thing that you're you're hearing there like mm -hmm. like a fucking with a, with a million razor blades on your fingers it's insane yeah, yeah. and and people people not but all these microtonal theorists that's what they're interested in and they're interested in the math side of it, you know, because you can use – and it gets back to all this ancient stuff like geometry and this is where all of our music came from. Like it, at the time when people were experimenting with geometry and engineering to make things stronger, to make things this, they were like, hang on, we can put this number there and then we can make a sound frequency that's the same as this light frequency and this and, and then we can put two of them together and the waveforms collide and – We've forgotten that we ever did this shit, it seems. Like, mm -hmm. that's like, we can take, I like to try and think of taking things back to this, it's called engineering now, electronic engineering or whatever, but but I'm not an engineer. I, I just learn the little bits and, and I have an interest in how the things, where they came from. And with sound, I see microtonal theory and, and this way of thinking as taking it back to there. There's two, the way I see it, there's two ways. There's like, from a, from a cultural standpoint of it's like every culture that's existed has had some kind of music and maybe a, a tuning and every time language is disappearing culture you're losing a tuning as well you're losing musical like and what were those why were they, well, why we're, they we're down notes? to a we're down to a why one note system at this point yeah but, but, <laughs> but, 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 the, so what I, but what i was the main thing is like the one thing that's going to tie all the music together like so you like okay there's all these genres what do they have in common? 12-tone equal temperament. Mm -hmm. You know, most uh, experimental noise musicians are bending a fucking C and a D together. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. They're all, everyone's using 12-tone equal temperament. There's no experiment. There's not enough experiment. There's tons no, of not experimentation everyone. There's, with timbre, there's artists who not, don't. I mean, you're not doing it. Um, Callie Scintilla doesn't oh, do no, it. Oh, no, I am doing it. I'm not, I'm not, I use 12-tone equal temperament still sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I want to not. I, I don't think Callie Scintilla has in, like, years. Yeah, like, yeah. I think ever since he started that project, he's always written his music in um, 432 Pythagorean tuning, which I, I, I have this question for you as well. Like, yeah, what <laughs> don't, do you... Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> 
We got to talk about it. I've gone. Bill and I have gone for hours on this. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about it. It doesn't take hours. It's very straightforward. All right. Well, give <laughs> give me your two cents on it. It doesn't matter what frequency you tune a twelve tone equal temperament to. It's still twelve. 12 tone equal temperament. You're saying for people who just take 440 and, and tune it down 8 cents? It doesn't do anything, man. No, but that's... that's you know, okay. It changes the frequencies, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't yeah. change the, 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 the intervals. Well, here's the issue. It's like you have a lot of people who just do that who, who are on YouTube and shit being like, oh, check it out. It's, so it sounds bad, like man. way warmer and way fatter. And it's like, yeah, because you just took it and tuned it down. It's, it's lower in pitch. Yeah, of course, it's going to sound fatter. Does. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, then Micro, you, it's, it, microtonal stuff is completely. But you also have people are just they're, what they're what they're feeling is that is the same thing that I feel when I deliberately choose to listen to sounds that I've never heard, to chords that I've never heard before. You know, they're they, they like it because, yeah, they are experiencing a sounds that they you know even if it's just eight cents off the what they're used to hearing it's still something different I, that's the extent of it but that's but that they are experiencing something you know totally um well the but thing to is, put a, is attach a sort of like mystical aesthetic oh, to no, it, it it's still a, using that same it takes away from the it's still using that same mathematician well what about the theory. pythagorean tuning though because that there's is so many different pythagorean you can't generalize about it that's well there's the a there's like the whatever the 432 pythagorean there's so ones. many man okay. like all of these all of these <laughs> uh that's the thing like the, the the, for me, the thing that just blew my head off when I started to learn about this, this, there's a thing called the scalar library. And not all microtonal theorists use this, but everyone knows about it. If, I t if a microtonal theorist heard me saying this, you fucking wanker. But <laughs> I think it's a very good place for people to start to try and understand what they're dealing with when you start to look at other tunings. It's like the scalar library, I think there's over over 4,000 scales on there that were a mixture of different uh, culture, like people who have gone and... and, and recorded a some kind of via you know like any kind of instruments and transcribed the notes and then made a scalar file that you could then choose it retune a synthesizer with or whatever but there's also a lot of like microtonal theorists theory based tunings on there where you can just boot them into your retuner and tune your synth there's a shit ton of like Pythagorean like tunings on there that people have either read some documents and 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 made a scalar file of it. Mm -hmm. If you start to go into this stuff, there's no end to it. It's yeah, that, my, my issue crazy. is that like ninety percent of the people doing the four thirty two thing are just tuning the thing down. But there is ten percent of these people who actually do use microtonal shit and think that it has like some fucking weird effect. Oh, I believe it. that sound can, coarse sound can excite different things. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's it, that's the thing. It can go as far as you want. I think personally, like all this sound healing stuff, I totally believe in it, man. Like I, I don't, I don't believe that heaps of this weird version of it where four thirty two is going to heal your body. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think every object has a resonant frequency, yeah, mm -hmm. but every human is different. So exactly, yeah. the volume <laughs> of their skull is going to, my volume of my skull is different to your. Yeah, the, the, your the air temperature inside my stomach is different than exactly. the air temperature you can't outside of about it, this you know? stuff, Well, also, um, another thing close to it, is we don't even measure time properly. So like um, yeah, it's, one, it's, it's one cycle of. It's a scientific of, thing. We well, don't yeah, it's, everything's based on us assuming that a second is that constant is, yeah. or accurate. Exactly, which they're not. So, like, uh, already our cycles per second are, like, fucked anyway. We just, like, have a standard well, my, form. My whole problem with, with it's just when you focus on any particular tuning, you end up with the same problem we have by focusing on 440 for thousands of years. Is you just, uh, you miss out on thousands and thousands of other possibilities that exist. There's you know, so it's many like when, frequencies, but, but there's so many, like, for me, the thing I have, like, at the moment, if you could say it's even microtonal, like, I've been using, like, some macams from the Scala Library, I don't know where they're from. 
I'm, I'm not Arabic. I don't go to the places. I don't know. I didn't fucking capture them and transcribe them. But they sound different to if I tried to do a makam on a 12-tone eagle temperament. Um, What's a makam? Is it just a tuning? It's like the word for scale or mode in Arabic. Okay. But it also, because you know how Arabic has a billion meanings for each word. Yeah, it yeah, also yeah. means place. Okay. And then each makam is the name of a different place. And right. it's And it's like notes that they use to create their melodies that each place has their own one that's cool kind of like brings it back to it's like the context exactly and yeah. this is what is again missing in like we're, we're in all these genres you know like what yeah like those people like and and again how long ago they started this shit so it's it's it, this stuff is really i like to think about it it's not like it's the only way and i change my mind every fucking day so one day i won't be probably interested <laughs> in it but but for me like I've been using Macalms, the new album I've been working on for a while, on and off for like five or six years, has heaps of Macalms in it. But I'm also mega interested to experiment in like, yeah, I've made my own scales, but like really go into it. You know, there's, there's uh, like I just observe like the work of a few microtonal theorists like Craig Grady is an American guy who lives in, in Australia. He lives in Wollongong actually. And that dude has helped me so much just explaining like, because when you start working with just intonation, it's all fraction based you know, fraction-based division of the octave, like you're just saying, okay, one to one, one to 10, one to seven, one, you know. I mean, that's how 12-tone works too, though. Totally. Yeah. But but then when you're talking, like they all talk in this language all the time. Okay, it's like, yeah, yeah. And they have their own terms and like all these things that I don't really understand. Mm. I, it's, at times I have, but if, I'm not a maths guy, so I don't, I don't remember this stuff that well, but if I go to start working in it again, I can remember. But, but they're working in, all these things, and I observe what they're doing. And there's like guys like Irv Wilson, who recently died, who was like this hectic microtonal theorist that built these 3D like models of his scales, so he could look at vast scales. And that's the stuff that I really want to get into. Where it's like talk a bit more into this. Where the where the um where the frequencies like um where you can create these vast scales, and you're so in control of the harmony that you can actually create rhythms very precisely with the beating of the notes between each other and stuff Dude, like this. speaking of which, did like you... Like subtly to start with, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then okay, example, if you have like a chord that has 100 notes, for example, the harmonies are creating different... It's literally just an insane polyrhythm when you slow it down. Exactly, yeah. but also, <laughs> but, but, but for me, because of the input controls, I want to then take that and then create envelopes based on some amplitude of, of a, you know... If, you know what I mean. You know what I'm gonna. I'm saying so. Start to trigger sounds from within a chord. So actually using the harmony to drive the entire piece of music, rather than I'm just trying to get away from this idea of of like the stuff we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Trying to think to get away from this linear thing, and also just thinking about genres and like trying to get back into like. Sound. It's almost or like you just human. Expended or, all. Oh of I don't even know what it is, but you can see what I'm. I feel like I feel like what it is is it's that you expended like so many of the options in traditional, like well, not traditional, but like you expended so many options in the Western way of working, like in terms of how like notes and polyrhythms and all of this shit works. That now you're trying to find like fucking more complicated well, weird shit. Well, to you work could with. you could say that, but I, like I got very, I, you know, at times I've been, I would say very proficient with guitar like i could probably play most things that anyone tried to get me to play not sight reading or anything but like you know i can pick things up relatively fast i had all the techniques so i had a really good guitar teacher he taught me very good technique you know and if i pushed it i, I could play i think that i could learn to play anything 
But there's a point where I started getting this stuff and I was like, okay, I can't do that anymore. So, yeah, I didn't get to like, oh, yeah, I'm sick of using 12-tone temperament. It's more that I started thinking more about where it came from and what what it is. And I can't remember how I even came. Well, yeah, it's learning about Arabic instruments and then learning, oh, they don't use 12-tone equal temperament in, in Arabic countries. What do they use? Oh, Macam. So what's Macam? And then, and, then, and then, yeah, of course I knew some of the basic frequencies of what 12-tone equal temperament was, but I didn't know what it was. And then you're like, hang on, that's just one option for like creating a scale. How do you create scales? And then, you know, you start to learn about this stuff and then you realize that it's closely knit into, you know, engineering and, and science and, and culture. And then obviously before, well, apparently before everyone was connected in the way we are now, like people were doing all these different things at the opposite ends of the world. And, and it's obviously then it's connected to language and it's like, it's all connected. So I think, and it's and there's not you don't see it all the time, and I know it's kind of a trendy thing, or you know you see it popping up a lot now. And guitar t- companies are making what you mentioned before with fan frets are like multi scale, so that's just to get string tension good on a oh well that's a like a string. that's a fan fret thing, but like um there's guitars that have like you know these frets that yeah, are just all weird fucking that's a just intonation guitar yeah so it's like every note is gonna be yeah. so the frets weird. actually like kind of wiggly yeah so yeah they're they're like to adjust for the yeah huh. exactly it's insane to so see yeah the intervals on the chords on those guitars are incredible and I was so like because because right at about the time where I got I had that fan fret guitar you know the one I've got yeah the one that the Novak's right yeah. It's got an, well, no, like Spolt, Novax has a patent originally, I think, for fan yeah, frets. and they made that Charlie Hunter guitar and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then I have Charlie Spolt. Hunter. Name sounds familiar. What, He's wait, probably what? from New York, man. Is he New York? He's from New York. Oh, that would make sense too, yeah. I don't know. He's like from one of the big jazz pockets, but yeah, he's fucking nuts. Yeah, I mean, my friend was really into Charlie Hunter and like I... His playing is incredible. You know, he does the whole. He's got like fucking ten yeah. people in his head. Like he's playing like walking bass um, lines. Yeah, he has a he has a over the top of band the fret guitar. guitar. So like the top strings, the top few strings are basically a bass guitar, and then the bottom five are basically a regular guitar. Oh, so it's like a, like a war guitar or a, like a stick. Uh, no, it's by this company called Novax, and they do this fan fret thing. But basically, he plays like yeah, these walking bass lines whilst doing solos at the same time. It's insane. Like a lot of jazz guys do this, but he's taken that technique to another level. Like yeah. he's the guitar has. What three? The three top strings are fabric inside them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. full flat. They're basically, wounds. like bass strings. I think he has full flat wounds on the top three, and then the rest of it is goes into maybe semi flats or flat wound, and then into planes on the top. Yeah. But he has two outputs, so the top pickup goes out into a bass amp. The bottom pickup goes into like more of a guitar amp. But he's really doing this quite adjacent, strange, complex. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like King Crimson or yeah, bands totally, like that. Yeah. Like Tony Lovett does the same thing with he has the Chapman stick, where yeah, it's yeah. like it's six yeah. six bass strings and then six guitar strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tony, that's Tony Lovett, right? The bold guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's insane. He used to he he was in a band. Um, he started another band with Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater called Liquid Tension Experiment. Mm, oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was super into nerdy. like yeah, King Crimson. I. But I only got into them after like one a band that I had someone told us we were like it was like King Crimson. But but as for the the guitars like the Just guitars, I mean I was pretty stoked to see Meshuggah starting to use Just guitars. Oh, they did. Yeah, oh, they, they've awesome. got Just next, and that makes a hundred percent sense. They're I mean, also Fred, um, Frederick. What's his name? Thor Thorndal or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so that dude is like, and that band is kind of been leading the way in getting that 
Yeah. This icon, like, which is now like in metal, like, it's like everyone wants that guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that dude is like the master of trying to dial in yeah. this fucking monstrosity guitar tone mm -hmm. and to like so when i had that spolt like a multi-scale so then you can you have a longer scale guitar on the top you know i had a five string spolt and i had like a 70 gauge on the top and i can't remember how what i used to tune that was a tune really low but then sugar like and then i found out about just intonation next and i reckon a couple of years later i saw he had a just neck mm -hmm. like if you're trying to create that then going back to what we we're talking about with mixing yeah you imagine his main thing is trying to like, you know, and, they, and their music is very like one string for all that big stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why it cuts through. Mm -hmm. He can't play chords and it's not going to cut through like that. We, we all know that. Totally, yeah. It's so gonna now you can, see where, you can see where he's going. I love to be, feel like I'm there with him. It's like, well, he's, a, he's, he's also, um, I think all, all of Meshuggah are like all vegans too. And I think um, from what oh, I've really? heard, yeah, from what I've heard from people who are touring with them, they're like full health nuts and shit on the road too. I mean that his guitars like I can see where he's going and it's fucking awesome like that yeah, to go into the just realm with the guitar yeah to get that kind of tone that's what you have to do and that that next album where he's got that shit everyone's gonna hear it. it's gonna go like it's like how can he get it even bigger <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> fucking massive like I mean like what do you do but he's done it mm -hmm. and now some and and I dare say maybe the next thing is like we've talked about it before I've talked to you about maybe a door that there should be software that. You know, if we weren't all trying to forge 12 tone equal temperament into a mix, mm -hmm. what would the software be? It'd be like, it should be able to find the frequencies where there's holes. It should be able to find the inverse amplitude of the mix where there's pockets where you could fit something. Mm -hmm. And for, for sounds that you don't care if they're harmonizing, that should be one button. Right. That's the way I see it. We should be able to mix without speakers. <laughs> okay. Shouldn't we? Like, I, I love to do it and we all love to do it. Yeah, We're yeah. making music, but... There should be tools to help us get volume like we've been talking about, which is the thing. Yeah. There's, 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 there's software engineers that can do this like, without even thinking. They're like, oh, what? You just need to analyze that thing. There's yeah. libraries that exist that do it to make the phones be able to record our fucking voice from the other side of the room so they can pull data off it. Right. So yeah, why right. the fuck shouldn't this be able to fucking filter out? You know, so... Yeah, so much, especially with like when you see like it, you know the the visual feedback that even like stuff like that. It's yeah. still it's still it's pretty, but it's it's still incredibly crude. Yeah, in well, noise is the only especially one. just like any EQ. It's like subtractive EQing. It's like when you realize that how that technology works. It's it's very like when you're you know when you're notching stuff out, you're not you're not pu actually pulling. It's not really. So it's not something out there grabbing the frequency and removing it. Well, you know how how EQs work, right? Yeah, it's, it's just inverting the phase. It's a phase inversion. It. Yeah, so, so if you want to remove like you know, a couple even of dB, subtractive, it's still yeah. additive. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's adding a process to do it at least. Yeah, that Bob Katz book talked about that. That you stole. <laughs> what, what Bob Katz book did? No, I did he talked about? At, I, I don't know. If, I don't know how the algorithms work these days. But he was talking I don't have about fucking Bob Katz. You, you know, if you pull, if you cut something, then it's. In other parts of the spectrum, it's actually doing stuff as well. Yeah, there's like some sort of phase boost that happens like on the, the lips of your notch. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's totally. all kinds of stuff. The, the classic pull tech EQs do that. They, and people like wanted that sound for a while. Like when you cut a certain thing, it like resonates to the, the frequency yeah. just yeah. below or above it. I mean, I remember reading that book and learning a little bit about that, but I don't know much about that stuff. I don't remember reading that book at Sounds all. Sounds like a book I probably need to read, to be honest. <laughs> But no, I always, yeah, I always think, yeah, wh where's it going to go? Like, what's what's Frederick going to do next? I, I think that, like, to get, you know, it's going to be the well, fucking 
the software's got to change. Like if if you and it, and it again gets to where we what we were talking about before. It's like that whole thing needs to change so we can have more time to do other shit. Mm. We shouldn't have to fucking sit there and and jam shit into this space, man. We should, right. should just should. That's ridiculous. What are, what are we doing? We've got these machines that are emulating a tape machine. It's faster. Yeah, it's cleaner. It's like, what else does it do? Yeah. Can't, what, can't we like? We're, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of strange that it's it's got to this point where it stopped. Like, you remember? I remember when Ableton first came out, and like everyone was blown away about time stretching like that. When yeah. You could yeah. fucking just grab that transpose knob and turn it down, and we still, you know, the grid stayed on the fucking yeah on the on on the on the grid stayed where it was. Right. And like. What else has happened since then? Like, it's like everyone. What did they sell? I don't even know. I think they sold. They had the patent, didn't they? Like they came up with that. But stretching, and they sold well, it to everyone. Yeah, everyone yeah. Got it Logic after started using elastic audio. And now yeah, so someone had that patent, and then, or or maybe they found ways around it. But whatever, they, they were the like first I'm, one to have it, and it blew everyone's mind. Yeah, yeah. And but but has there? What's the next thing that's happened since then? Like really, like it's like we just got to that, and it's like okay. Well, there's a lot of like stuff that's come out, like granulizers, and then there's been like um, there's new EQs now. Like so what, what you're talking about um, in a primitive form for a long yeah, time. Yeah, like. Pro Q3 kind of um, works. That's awesome. Yeah, like you can put it on yeah, every channel. Stuff like, like that awesome. is like that. Like those are the things that impress me these days. Is oh like, yeah, and that's the yeah, monumental yeah. things. Like and and the way I see it is, it's going to just go to that, and then it's that should be a, that should be an autonomous process. Well, there's like, another thing called like, track spacer. Do you know about this one? Yeah, same or kind even of things deal, like yeah. like soothe like like plugins soothe like that is have blown away. Soothe is sick. What soothe? It's like a spectral resonance remover. So like you put it on something that has too much resonance, and it, it's basically like a DS slash dynamic EQ, but it's way more eloquent and it sounds awesome. way better. So I haven't looked at this. Yeah, stuff and it literally kind of you set like parameters and a strength, and it looks for little tiny peaks throughout like in in real time and we'll move, I gotta piss. And we'll move I'll be right around back. and it's very awesome. very dynamic notch eq yeah i mean obviously there's like melodyne shit i mean yeah it's fucking hardcore there's all of this stuff there but i but i still think it's not influencing the workflow that much like it is of course for people like me or you who would hear about that and then just want to use it right but for like um people getting into it the, the first thing they get is a linear timeline yeah, Well, like I mean, other than the and... other than the actual processing power of the computer, finishing a tune hasn't been, is not e any easier now than it was no, ten years ago. No, exactly. You like I don't know. I just think that it's just less expensive. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, totally, man. It's mi way less... mixing a track now, ten years ago, twenty years ago. It's all the same. The only difference is the yeah. how much the, the gear costs. That's it. And, and but I think there's an avenue. Like yeah, these plugins that you're mentioning, I I, I should have talked about those. Uh, like I don't know the new ones that you that I didn't know that you they're told me. They're pretty. But. They're pretty. Like even the company I think is pretty recent. Yeah. But it's it's like oh finally the type of things everyone wishes that 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 should be. I mean that stuff like, is incredible. And and I always have like I I think a lot about the metering. Like I think there should be a three three D kind of interface these days. A UI like. So you see like a spectrograph or um, well, I was seeing, like all I these think, metering like that. I use a lot of this stuff as well. But you should be able to flip that on three dimensions and be able to view, like zoom in on it and stuff like this because you should be able to generate envelopes from like subtleties within the waveform, I think. Like, mm. of course you can, but you should be able to really get in there and like, oh shit, in my for, opinion. Like, for mixing kind of stuff, there's this new, I don't know, I guess I don't know how new it is. Uh, it's a DAW called Sequoia. The Koi, yeah, why have I heard of that? It's, what is it? it's, 
it's super expensive. It's like four. Oh yeah, what um it's a mastering program. Not oh not the Capybara. No, that's no, that's Kaima. That's Kaima. Kaima yeah. is what, also what's Sequoia a again. I've heard of it. But Sequoia. It's, ma- it's a mastering. It's program. a mastering yeah. program, but what I've seen uh, recently for like mixing purposes is one of the like windows it has is literally like a three-dimensional cube and you place your sound objects within that it's for like for ma- like mixing and mastering for vr and and stuff like that and you literally I have think I've seen you have stuff. like an actual space where you can place yeah. it and it's like and you you'd think that it should be that easy but obviously it's you know i can't code software i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's mega graphics intensive i mean even ableton is it's like it's like I don't know, I just get a lot of ideas about this stuff, man. Like, I just think, you know, for compression timing and stuff, like, really, you should be able to see a waveform and just see it from the top. Like, I, I want to see them all coming in. Like, I want to have, like, multi-track traces so you can see the actual shape of... of- like, why it's taken so long for uh, Graphic EQ to let you see multiple tracks at once on the in the window is like totally man. i mean i get that it's it's incredibly graphics intensive to render all of that in real time as audio is playing yeah. through but well that's the thing like i remember when um because you know the metric halo has the spectrafoo yep and tim had the, the spectrafoo I, I i i have only i've got the uln2 but he had like the uln8 and he, he bought all of those fucking bundles when he first mm-hmm. bought them. It's like so expensive yeah yeah so but i always wanted to have spectrafoo on spectrafoo on multi-track on a another monitor like how mm. runs his but i just don't have spectrum food but um renoise has that like in the fucking just like delta yeah like just like you a have ma- multi-channel in each color and i remember i built something in max at one point to do it and it was really oh, cool reaper max, has this too does it yeah it has what's called spectral peaks and like um you should be able to work from that That's yeah, yeah. What I'm saying. you, you, you can be, like you can. In, in reaper yeah really yeah so uh, you can set like uh, a threshold and you can say like i want certain frequencies to come up in the waveform as blue and certain ones to come up as green and certain ones to come up as red and then certain peaks to come up as certain colors as well but can you cut but you can eq based on that i think so the way you I can think make your spectrum in an eq it's, like the whole, it's so goofy like you the with mixing your job is to basically cut a whole bunch of jigsaw puzzle pieces to fit together but you're only allowed to look at one piece at a time yeah, yeah this is it the, 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 that's the so game that, like what we were just talking about directly flows into the way i should think it should work so what you just said that's great but then you should be able to say okay well that 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 bottom from that frequency to that frequency that i've decided is blue that's my lowest uh q point the other one's my highest q point now um that's that tracks band pass mm-hmm. for example i want to be able to now generate an oscillation in this synthesizer yeah that's in there then i want to be able to quantize that oscillation to this scalar file or to this tuning right then i want to generate a bunch of other oscillations up an octave or wherever and then they'll perfectly jigsaw in in other parts of this spectrum that i'm working with here right and then on top of that i want to generate like i want to trigger things I want to be able to set the bleed where like the summing happens. I want to be able to decide like all of these things. We have the computer power to make something that does that. And that will blow like music creation into a completely new realm. Yeah, not, not just emulating a tape machine. Mm-hmm. It's like we can start to really consider like what we're doing there. Like oh, what the sound is, do- what how the sounds are. Because you don't really get to st- like you can, you know, you can EQ your sounds, but how the sounds interact with each other is still always on your ears and not really on anything totally else. Man. Like 
I would love if you could just take two, be able to have an EQ with two waveforms, one's yellow and one's blue, and you stick them right on top of each other. They're playing at the same time, and you deal with where it's green. I mean, you can, you yeah, kind of yeah, totally. can deal, you sort of can do that with Pro Q3 now, but it's not quite like. But colored. like, you can't, can you like go, can you adjust each waveform individually from the same window? Not the waveforms, but you can adjust the spectrum. I mean, the, spectrum. the EQ. Yeah, you yeah. can adjust each EQ from the same window, I believe. Yeah, those guys. Well, like, that's what I want. I, heard, I, <laughs> I, I, I only got, have two. I've got a crack of one of those plugins. No, you don't. And I have. <laughs> I haven't even because I know what it does, and what I are you want. Talking about? I want. I want to have that option, but I haven't been in heavy like programming land for a long time, so I haven't needed to use it because the tracks that I've been doing. But yeah, these kind of tools are totally. Those dudes are on the right track. I just wish those dudes had the investors or. Or someone to like help them build a, a door that deals with it. And for me, it, it, like thinking about the instruments that I build, they should be working in that realm. Like having these high resolution inputs, as you know, we've talked about it before. Like I'm trying to get to the point where I'm actually controlling more of the harmonic content, by, like quantized to some kind of scale mm -hmm. of the microtonal things that I'm interested in. I've talked to you about the birds and all this. <coughs> stuff. Oh yeah, I want to I want to talk about that as well. But but at the same time. When I think about all this stuff that we're talking about and then tie it to my instruments, yeah, those things go perfectly hand in hand. Mm -hmm. The idea of having a floating input that's like 13-bit, 0 to 8,000 resolution mm -hmm. and then quantizing that to 128 is fucking retarded. Like, as, as if I can play, <laughs> like, I mean, as if my muscle memory can make me poke around like Axis's to play some complex microtonal scale. It's not really possible, but at the same time, like these, having these really finite like movements translating to some kind of maybe harmonic content or modulating something, I think it's a bit weird to use MIDI. Like, so to me, the two things go together pretty well. Like, what about MIDI 2.0? Have you heard about that? And microtonal. Have stuff. you heard about MIDI 2.0? Yeah, but this is just improving. It has like, like 4 billion points of resolution. Versus 127. Yeah, but you could, you could, yeah, I mean, but that's not to do with input. Yeah, it's not to do with analog to digital conversion with what I'm talking about. But, but yeah, this stuff, yeah, of course, then you could use that protocol off the back of what I'm doing, of course. But still, yeah, I mean, of course, there needs to be some protocols that all the software companies use to be able to build instruments that interface with each other. Mm -hmm. But at the same, for me, like where I'm, where, where everything's been written, I, I can adapt to, to everything like somehow. But at the same time, um, yeah, of course you have to respect that stuff that's happening because that's what what's going on. But um, yeah, the, when I looked over the MIDI 2.0 protocol, like I just saw that it's had a kind of, I don't know, it was like, why are we bothering to go only this far? Well, it's, I mean, I can't see any purpose for there to be more resolution than that. No, not just about resolution. It's just about how the whole thing works. Because yeah, it's yeah. all about 12-tone equal temperament to start with. And then like that, that's the problem. Well, so it can be, with that like much resolution, is, it could be any tuning. It can be, it can be, but it's still based on that premise right. at one point. You know, like if you're dealing just with analog, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's you know, to, to retune, like, you know, all of our instruments are MIDI and, and you're retuning them. Like, well, if you're using that stuff, you know, if you're using any software or even this stuff to generate frequencies, you're like, if you're making your own software, you're not dealing with MIDI. Like if, right, yeah, you know it's all like I mean? OSC and shit. Well, no, you, you, like if you make a really basic synthesizer in Max, you're just punching in numbers into a cycle object and 
making notes, mm-hmm. making like, and then how you control that is up to you. If you need to try and control it by a conventional keyboard, the easiest way to do it is to use like MIDI protocol objects in Macs. So there's straight away MIDI's involved. That's only because we want to use a, a MIDI protocol instrument. Right. If, like, we using MIDI if you ever want to draw in, we wouldn't even yeah. think about MIDI. Yeah, yeah. We'd be just doing something else, like not even OSC, because that's just another protocol, but you just send like... You just tell it to do what you want it to do. You just send that, scripting you have that analog input and you send those numbers into another piece of code that turns those numbers into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still a linear imp- still a linear thing usually in the end, but a linear input or something. But still, I don't know, it's not so much the resolution, it's just the whole thing. You know, if you want to send a message, yeah, then that's where OSC is good because you can make your own messages you can call them what you want. You don't have to use this. Yeah, you can whole just protocol. like name it like a word. Yeah, just whatever you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. and so if you're organizing things, it's easier. And then in the, you know, like in the future, yeah, I mean, it's getting easier to connect instruments. The speed will probably get better, I suppose, because there'll be a new way other than maybe radio. I, I can't even go there because I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. But you know, right. I, I think the speed there'll be new things to transfer data wirelessly. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, the stuff you were telling me before about um, how you're converting birds and Tesla coils into scales. Yeah, well, I mean, the Tesla coil is probably the easiest one to talk about. Like that track that yeah, we were talking about, that first track that I played the other night, I think made by Irv Wilson, a mm-hmm. microtonal theorist that Craig Grady, I heard he did a piece with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that thing is fucking crazy. Like, it just feels like you're in some fucking ancient... Temp, like some, it feels like you're in some world that we're not in now. And I was like, "You got? Can you tell me what that is?" And he explains it to me, sends me all these different ways. And he did a piece on the Santor, so he sent me his Santor tuning. So then I, I was working. I used it as a thing to try and learn about their terminology and stuff. And then the guy that makes my retuning software, a retuning software that I use. Red Barn Goat Farm. This Steve, I forget his last name, but he's the software is called Red Barn Goat Farm. His company is <laughs> called Red Barn Goat Farm, and it's called Little Miss Scale Oven. Okay, and it is <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Like, All right. it's so awesome. But that's the main one I use. You can send MIDI out of any works or door, and obviously on iOS X, it's really easy with the virtual MIDI ports. You send yeah, yeah. out to to that. It's pretty easy on Windows too. You use a thing by a guy called Tobias Ericsson called RTP MIDI. And it used just to be another one I used to use. Midi Oak. Yeah, Midi Yeah, no, this one's way better. That thing yeah. was fucked. Yeah, um, Midi Oak sucked. When there was the first um, video synth, like where you could drag video, what, R Chaos VJ. Yep, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when I first went to see DJ Shadow, he was using that and I was like, okay, I've got to try and do that. And then I've got a crack of like R Chaos VJ and I'd use Midi Oak somewhere. But anyway, so yeah, you send out to visual... Uh, Virtual MIDI ports sends back in with a pitch bent MIDI and then you reach in your synth. But um, that guy, I wrote to him and I was like, because they all these guys know each other. I was like, Craig Grady's helping me with this tuning. Just wondering if you could tell me how to build this tuning in the software, like just so I can learn like workflow with this stuff. And yeah, he's like, you know, he's, these guys are so into it, especially him. He just writes back this fucking massive emails explaining everything, but like correlation to where that tuning's from and the people and the instruments. It's like, what the fuck? Like you open up like your history book into like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is what these guys are like. And this is why I love it. Cause it's not about genres. It's about like, they're just excited about culture shit. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about so, cre- building a context around the music. Exactly. It's it, but, but it's a real context. It's like yeah. history. It's crazy. So, I, I mean, I love it. 
So he tells me this, but that's what that tuning is. Right. So that is, it's an ancient Mozambique tuning, but you know, as you go further back in time with these tunings, whether it's Greek or that or whatever, they sort of start to move and they start to sound not the same, but like, I don't know, like, because they're going back to the earlier times in humanity where maybe the only people experimenting with this stuff were like one group of people kind of. That then, right. You know, and, you, you know, we, we've probably all looked at like stuff with the Masons, like Freemasons or Knights Templar and all this sort of stuff. You know, it would have been these guys that were maybe starting to think about sound in these ways because they were designing buildings, they were looking at geometry and, you know, it's all linked. And, and so these guys are all like that, you know, like they, they know all this stuff and it's like, so he, he helps me with the tuning. I build the, build the retune. At the time, I was mega interested in, I'm always interested up, in but I had a, I bought a Tesla coil, um, like a kit um, from this German company who also do plasma speakers. So, you know, you can, Tesla coils can play polyphonic sounds, very high fidelity. Like they, they, you can have speakers that are just plasma in the air mm -hmm. that play mega complex waveforms like fucking those. Right. It's, different, it's a different way of doing it. Are they noisy? Shit. Like when they're just sitting there? Because I can... Oh, you, we'll have a look later. You you can hear. But but so I got this um, Tesla coil. It's just a little kit one. It's like that big. Um, runs on really low voltage. Like you can touch the fucking arc. Mm -hmm. Like zaps you, but it's not anything fatal. It's run a small power supply. And the same company. Like th these things are for like science students to learn about what a Tesla coil does and... And they make a whole range of products like this. You can buy them bigger ones, smaller ones, kits, pre-built, like anything. So I bought one of these and it has an optical input and it has a, I've got a MIDI card that turns MIDI into optical that the Tesla coil can read. Can It can do up to uh, only two or three voice polyphony. I can't remember. That's probably a contradiction within something, but <laughs> it'd be something to do with, I don't, but, but yeah, it does only a few voices, but, so, Wait, so I just had the coil idea. instead of just sounding like electricity, it can actually generate notes. Yeah, yeah. And the notes are like they just sound like electricity, but they're pitched. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Totally. What's what's vibrating? Like what's electrons the... in mid air? It's, oh, it's, oh, okay. It's like that. It's as analog as analog can get. Yeah, that's so it's right. like it's like uh, yeah, it's it's fucking electrons just colliding. That's what the arc on a Tesla coil is. Like it's the electricity, the the current that just has to escape into the electrons in the atmosphere because it can't be contained in that coil anymore. And like... That's so, crazy. I didn't know you could pitch that shit. Oh, yeah. You, like if you look online, there's guys building enormous Tesla coils and using like MIDI guitars and controlling with these helmets with big... Like that arc onto their body and shit, wear these big suits with leather shoes, but like rubber Yeah, there's like soles. videos online of people like playing like Super Mario. With yeah, they always play like, the stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, like so, I, I bought one of those, and the thing sounds absolutely incredible. It's like okay. this crazy fucking oscillator that's it's just like it's fucking like electrons smashing together in the air. Yeah, like, yeah. of course that's what that is, but it's like you can see it. So anyway, you can play, you know, polyphony on it. You can buy one that's monophonic, but I bought the polyphonic one. Don't ask me technically how it all works because I don't know. I should be learning about it because I want to build some bigger ones. But anyway, so. Yeah, then I just start to think, okay, I have a Centaur. Anything you plant a Centaur sounds like it's from millions of years ago. It's like this, the, the, it's one of the first, well, it's apparently the first stringed instruments, the box with strings on it yeah, yeah. with movable, well, like, harucks they're called, like the, the bridges. Mm -hmm. the, 
So because on a Santor, you have the strings coming out over the, the sort of bridge and they go up onto a hurrah and then they go back across the ridge. So you can end up making octaves on each side. Yeah, moving it around like either yeah. tightens or lengthens. It's how you do yeah. the intonation on it. So the whole thing's built like that. But it's got three or more strings on each group of strings that are tuned to the same note. Or you can do whatever you want. But it's a very good instrument to like, you know, they have like a canon. Like there's all these ancient Greek instruments that they were using to like Harry Parch has his own adaptations of all these instruments where they used to be working out tunings. This is where they started, like with a box with strings going across and tuning them all and using their maths and working out how the, all the frequencies work together. So a, a Santor is like probably the older version of that where they did it, but then later with the Greeks probably started to really work their math on it when they... I mean, I'm not a mathematician. I don't know where all that came from. Like, I'd, I have a friend who's... I should, I'd love to talk to him about that. But anyway, like, the canon, like, a lot of these microtonal theorists have these instruments. Not not a Santor, but the, the more simple one that's just... So anyway, I had a Santor. Craig Grady had this piece that he did with that scale. I was just fucking obsessed with it. And so I started to experiment with that tuning. I changed it a bit as well. He, I, first... I was using a Persian tuning that that Santor is made to be used with, which is Su Makam. Uh, it's like a Persian Makam. And then I started to work with his one. And, and I had a zither. A zither is like an even simpler. It's like common in like Europe, like Swiss, Switzerland, Germany. They all have zithers. It's like a very common thing. It's just like a box with strings on it. And so I tuned the zither to this Metamavilla scale. I tuned the Santor and Metamavilla. I retuned the synthesis, all the synthesis in that track, which is kind of, I can't remember what synth that track is, and it's probably operated, it's probably FM. And then all of the, and then the, then the um, Tesla coil is tuned to it as well. Right. So it was just in my head, like kind of picturing ancient Egypt if, like if they had fucking Ableton or something. Like, you know how people <laughs> say, oh, yeah, the pyramids are like a battery and they're a Tesla coil and blah, yeah. blah, I was kind of just thinking a bit about that. Right. And just thinking to make this visualization of like this harmonious place where like everything is together, like the tuning, the language, the way that people are getting their electricity – the, I don't know, like just a stupid thing like to try and put it all together, like everything in the whole track is tuned and it's kind of, it's just my own thing, it's, it's totally stupid, but it's kind of like recreating, I don't know, trying to make this scene in my head that's like um, all these things coming together. But anyway, that's just mine. I think that's good though. I mean, quite often when I go to write music, I will, I will have like no idea and I'll have no picture in my head and I'll literally just get to a finished product through process. I'll yeah. just be like, I'm literally just going to fucking grind on Ableton until a tune exists. Yeah. That's something that you and I have talked about yeah, like yeah. a bunch about. I do that the, all the time. The, Most the, of my the, tracks the different are things in. that come out when you're like, when you have some sort of, like, even if it's abstract conceptual versus just trying to have it be a, whatever permutation of you sitting at the computer for a few hours is. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I still, cool, you know? I still, yeah, I mean, I still do that as well. I used to do it a lot more, but these days I honestly, know what I want to make now. Cool, that's good. And, and when yeah. it gets to like um, with the microtonal stuff, yeah, I really, like and as it gets, like I've only just started with that stuff, you know, like I, I'm, 
I really, I don't know, I like, I don't know, like, I want to learn, I want to know a bit more about it before I start utilizing it, like, to properly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, it's so complicated, and, and to try and get that going with a lot of other stuff I'm trying to do, like, I have to be really focused on it or I start forgetting it, but... But yeah, that, it moves into the stuff about the birds you asked about. So the bird yeah. thing is a whole other thing. Where you're basically like taking recordings of birds and then trying to like uh, pull the tunings from the just the shit totally. they naturally do. So it, it, that comes from a lot of experiments I've done with animals. A long, long time ago when I had a MIDI disc, mini disc players were out. Oh right? yeah, dude, I remember those. So <laughs> mini disc players used to be able to transpose the fucking audio, yeah, that you just recorded on some of them. Mm -hmm. You just play it way slower. Right. It didn't time stretch it, but it just, just slowed, slowed it down, the disc down, yeah. But just a little bit. So I remember the first time I did it, I recorded like a locust or a cricket or a cricket. Right. You know, like, eh, 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 eh. they talk to each other, eh, 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 eh. and they usually go faster and slower until they lose each other's sync. Right. Yep. So there was a cricket doing it, and there was no other cricket responding. So I recorded the cricket. And then just started responding to it. <laughs> With its own fucking it's Speeding it up and slowing down. The right. fucking thing starts following me. It's getting faster and faster till it couldn't do it. And then I do it slower. So it, was, it couldn't go slower either. It's like, yeah. it, there was like a threshold where he, he or she or whatever would get to this slow speed and it wouldn't leave a longer gap between the, the like intervals any like <laughs> rhythmically it would right. you'd reach its limits so you found the bounds yeah kind of <laughs> so, <laughs> that's cool so that's the first thing I did I was like yeah I'm gonna play with this stuff one day because like where I live like some Alvin Lucier type shit so <laughs> where, where I live like you know we're anywhere in lots of places in Australia have the cicadas and they kind of do a bit the same thing they go shh yeah, yeah. They all, they're all going, it's just chaos. And then they slowly s slip into like time together. Mm -hmm. And the whole forest is going, whoosh, whoosh, yeah, yeah. Whoosh, 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 until it just turns into this noise. Right. Because they all start like unsinking yeah, and just turns, yeah. yeah. So I want to do this on a more grand scale with like cicada sound and get the whole forest in that area doing mm -hmm. it and throwing them in and out of time. So that's one thing. Then with birds, I've done other experiments. So if you record a bird, I get a good recording of it. And now, because of some of these tools that we're talk we've been talking about, what's the web editor? Uh, like Resonic or no. uh, like Soundforge or Audacity or some shit? No, there's one that it's by Sony or someone that doesn't really get a look in that Sony, much. that's so Soundforge, I think. Or Vegas, maybe. There's one, I keep forgetting it. Like... I found it a long time ago, and it, I'm almost certain it's Soundforge. Well, you, what's those the soft synth like um, the Native Instruments ones that have? We can highlight part of the spectrum, the FFT ship. Oh, Iris. Okay, so that same thing. That's Isotope. Isotope does that. Yeah, Isotope. So yeah, there's a right. wave editor that uses this same stuff. And okay. The wave editor was what like five years before right. Isotope started using it, or I first saw it, and like on Medicine like maybe. That's yeah, also isotope, isotope RX. Yeah. yeah, there's also that medicine thing as well. Yeah, no, it, it's it's stuff. from around the same I'm thinking of like time as the audio sculpt or sound hack. Oh, no, sound, uh, um, fuck, audio sculpt and what was the it's other like, one? It's got some. I swear, Sony is the one that developed it. Soundforge. No, it's definitely not Soundforge. <laughs> if you say the name, I'll know it. All right, I'll find it later. But yeah, it, yeah, don't worry about it. it. It's crazy. So like, you had a piece you can, of software. You can get a multi-track song and just pull out the fucking kick drum pull out the fucking vocals yeah fucking it, 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 it's, it's flawless so 
Okay, so if you record a bird in the wild, yeah, you're going to get a shit ton of fucking background noise and stuff. Yeah. So I have to start to use that web editor, which I can't remember the name of, and it will pull out the perfect things. But anyway, if you record any bird, even without doing that, if you slow the fucking bird call down, the thing is cr- like <laughs> to what our ears and brains can decipher is what the bird is saying. The fucking frequency modulation that's happening within a what we hear is like it's like like they're cramming like when we say how are you going mate right that's like a million words for that you know yeah, yeah but but it's like the data exchange that they're doing is in like these fucking mega tight little packages with a shit ton of information that our brains can't fucking decipher fast right right they're communicating on a way higher level than we realize right. So well, they're, they're also like way more evolved than Australia. Like birds have been around since like dinosaurs. It's days. mental. But this yeah. is a thing I'm very interested in, animal communications. They use infrared light. They use audio that's outside of our spectrum. Mm-hmm. They use all kinds of things that we, yeah, 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 totally. and they, we can't see in here. There's like the, so, that mantis shrimp. Do you know about that thing? It maybe, looks it it's, looks it's, insane. It's, it's like a like a like a it basically it has um villain. so our <laughs> own, our eyes have three cones in them. So we're only able to see like a certain spectrum of light. Yeah. Um, these mantis shrimps have 11 cones in their eyes and they just look insane. Like if you look at them, they're just like fucking green and purple and red and they have swords for hands and shit. Like, like what do you think a mantis shrimp looks like to a mantis shrimp? If oh, they can perceive fucking, Like they're already dude, like- They already look insane, insane to, us. to us. Yeah. yeah. Like just the fact that they- it looks like they could see a whole spectrum we couldn't see. Like, they just look like that. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, all these animals, like, I, I must know that animal, but it's not coming to mind. But, like, you know, you've got, like, the um, cuttlefish as well, like, you know, that basically have, like, you know, they can go near an object and make their skin the color of the, you know. Yeah, or like an octopus. Yeah, that's what it's like, like a cuttlefish. Shit, like, yeah. It's insane. So all these things I'm really interested in. And so the communications... The communications are also as complex. Like, so it's like, I'm interested, like, so with the bird thing, it's like, yeah, I've done experiments with birds as well, with, with which a lot of people have done. So you can, like, you can kind of converse with the bird as well, but it's obviously much more complicated. So you record, you record their call, you play it back to them. They usually, to our ears, respond with the same call. And then, so, so if a bird goes, it does two different ones to you. Like, I've noticed with one bird I was doing, I don't even know what kind of bird it was, but it would call to me, and then, so I recalled that call. It was calling just in general. I could recall that call, and then the fucking thing just, it was coming, like, kind of swooping at me, but, like, coming near me and trying to see what I was, like, because I'm doing the noise. It's like, it doesn't know how the fuck I'm making the noise. It thinks I'm a bird. Right. So it would do the same noise back, and then it would do another one. So it would do, 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 and then it would go, do, 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 like, and what's what what else you know you're like hello hello what's going on it'd say like what's going on to me and you just say hello again so yeah and i'm saying hello again yeah okay well no here it is again what are you gonna say so i'd record (laughs) that one and then i'd play that to him and then it would get to the next one Mm -hmm. so you start to like work out what it's called and i'm sure this happens all the time with people trying to yeah yeah i used to have a growing up i had a pet parakeet and i can kind of do like a and like we would have from my basically conversations all yeah of, and you knew what it, was, I was, it could tell that i was trying to imitate it and it would be totally pretty much just trying to imitate me but but this stuff i'm mega interested in it so with this album i just with that album i'm gonna record a bunch of the birds calls and then just to start with all the main notes that they're singing within that like within their calls i'm gonna transcribe those and turn them into scala files so there'll be like a whole library of 
Australian birds that are near me. That, and then so you can retune all your synthesizers. Well, I wonder are they how much yeah. are they responding to the frequency versus the the formant? You know, I, I don't know yet. And <laughs> this is something I'm also really interested yeah. in, man. Because but but this, okay, so it, it goes further. So the first part is that. Second part, well, same rhythms. Transcribe the rhythms. You know, because I'm interested in a lot of other ways to generate rhythms. Like, but I don't know if I'll go into that. There's not really any point going into that. But you, but you can you can use a lot of the same maths to make the microtonal scales to create rhythms. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That makes so sense. there's all this stuff. But but you, so we don't have to go into it. But you, anyone that is understanding this stuff, we know. So the rhythms I'm going to pull out because obviously the birds have different rhythms to their calls. So between those two things, I want to try and make music that's using those as the fundamental building blocks for it, but also then using my input, input controllers, integrate into that somehow as well. And you're going to make a whole album just from birds? Totally, yeah. <coughs> the one after the, like the one I'm working on now has a lot of the Arabic stuff. The one after that is the bird one. And right. the one after is where it becomes totally real-time live. All of it's made. So I'll, I'll transcribe all these, all these frequencies. Then my input's playing harmonies on the instruments will be the bird stuff. Mm -hmm. There'll be a lot of samples, like what I was talking about before, the sound design with the feet, all the Foley-style stuff, and mm -hmm. the, the, that'll be triggering as well, like hum, harmony, harmony stuff. It'll be modulating stuff. It'll be the same stuff. But so after that, so one of the most fundamental parts of that album is then, you know, the lyre bird? Yeah. So do you know the lyre bird, the Australian bird? No. So there's a bird that's like it can it, – it can – it can uh, it can make like any sound. It like, can imitate yeah. the most complex waveforms that you can like. Like you, like you could literally see one. Uh, there's videos online of lyrebirds like I imitating one, full construction sites, like because somebody's been like it's building a near them or something. Logical sampler, man. Yeah, it's literally, literally. Yeah. Try, someone's gonna feed, feed it some like serum wave tables. Okay, so what I'm it can do about way now. more complex shit. Like it, it can like the sound of uh, it can do reverb with its voice. Yeah. And it can this like is, cut this is what I've talked to you about before. That's so right. the it's first so insane, time yeah. I encountered live birds was growing up where I live. It's like one time on my dirt bike, my chain snapped about 10 k's from home down this gully and I had to push it home, which is something that happens to everyone that does that. So I'm pushing the bike home. It's on dusk and I'm just walking my bike along the trail in the middle of nowhere. And I just hear like, human wet reverb signal from the forest. And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, because, because you're like, you know, when you live in the bush in Australia or anywhere, you know, where you've got valleys and canyons or whatever, you know, here around here, you call them canyons. But like, you know, your neighbor, you can hear they're talking from a distance and all you can hear is wet, wet reverb. Mm -hmm. The lyre bird hears this as well. So it just starts fucking making it. But it can just fucking make a wet reverb fucking signal like yeah it's that's okay it's really yeah. impressive yeah. in the middle of it it just busts out like every other bird that yeah. it hears and every other fucking sound that it hears mm -hmm. and then it mixes them and then okay like i like probably about two years ago i followed one up near dorigo like uh, uh, up the mountain from where i live and i followed it for ages Filming it and recording audio. I've got the crazy audio of it. Okay, so it's it's making all these sounds, bird sounds, all shit, and then it just starts busting out the shit that you like. Okay, I do not know what that sound is. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That sound is not on on Earth. <laughs> I've never heard that sound. It's like this weird, like 
this percussive fucking. It's stuff that you could make on a synthesizer, but holy fuck, like, it's like where's it getting that shit from? Five hundred tracks and all this crazy, like it's shit that you can't, you're not going to imagine it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like like this like just these like <laughs> fucking. I saw a video of a like liar bird it's doing like the sound of a physical modeling synthesis, synthesis. Carpless strung shit or whatever. Just fucking yeah. crazy shit that you just can't work out. Well, I, yeah, I heard um, a, a, there's a video on YouTube of a liar bird making the sound of a kid's toy gun. Like the kid's sitting there next to him going like, chew, 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 chew. And then like the liar bird just starts imitating it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So with the, with the bird album, it's going to be a process of creating all this stuff that I was talking about making the tracks making arranging stuff or mapping it onto my controllers then in real time like making some music with it, like those instruments like any with you learned guitar and played it so but all of the generation everything will be based on these frequencies or whatever but then I, at, at some stage in the workflow i haven't worked out where i'm gonna so i'm gonna make these little devices so they're just a microcontroller with an sd card with a stereo microphone solar panel, car battery, speaker, a bunch of them. I know this one spot in the bush that I've found where there's, when I last went up there, it's one of the highest peaks around where I live called Double Top. There's at least, I mean, I, I saw personally three different males doing their mating ritual stuff where they're doing their repertoires of Liabirds? Oh, fuck yeah. So you're just going to bring microphones. So I'm going to put these little devices in there. Very simple code, just arms the microphone for... 10 minutes, plays back a sound for 10 minutes. Arms the microphone for 10 minutes, plays back the sound. Just by chance, I'm going to capture one of those birds doing what I've put on that recording mm -hmm. and fucking it up in its own way. <laughs> on, and I'm going, to get the, I'm going to get the bird. And the thing is with Biobirds, man, okay, going back to like, what is that sound? And Aboriginal, like, Dreamtime stuff talks about this, like, and, and there's been a lot of people talk about, like, the research about uh, Biobirds. It's like, once they learn a sound, they, te they teach it to the other live birds. And the live birds teach the next live birds and the next live right, birds. Right. So those sounds that those live birds are making are actually like... Like fairly ancient sounds too. They could be old. Man, yeah. Those sounds that, I've heard, that you hear from a live bird, you're like, okay, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. It happened maybe in another fucking civilization. Maybe the, bird, the live bird is, 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 is containing stuff that we're not thinking about closely enough. Like I'm telling you, those sounds are shit that I've never fucking heard. Like anyone can go there and go, I've never heard that sound. Right, right. Even someone who's doing really crazy sound design that we don't fucking understand. Yeah, yeah. Who's using a shit ton of every kind of generation synthesis shit that we don't have mm -hmm. money or time or interest to use. Those dudes would go there and go, what the fuck is that sound? <laughs> I can't fucking yeah. recreate Well, I can imagine, sound. like, I, I would say, like, at the level that you're at, even you've probably made fucking almost every sound that's possible with a synthesizer. And like, and I'm like, I've contemplated a lot of stuff, of course. I feel like I've made, <laughs> not every sound, but I've made, like, quite a lot. Like, if yeah, I... With the tools you've it's, got. It's pretty rare that I... Tools, like, for sure, but... It, all of our techniques come from dudes bending tools. Yeah. The tools are made of metal, not of bird meat. That's true, yeah. It's also, it's very rare, though, that I listen to, like, almost any music at this point and go, like, how the fuck was that made? Or like, I've never come across anything like that, you know? So, and I would that, imagine you're probably in the same boat. Yeah, but I, I know that it's because the tools aren't being made. Okay. Like, that's what I think. But, so but you think that you the- You can look at nature. Are you saying that you think that these sounds that happen like 
uh, way back in the day that these lyrebirds are now recreating are from totally, from man. tools that we don't have anymore or can't. That they've heard from us, maybe they've heard. From no, us yeah, and that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. But you're saying like from a different civilization that maybe had different or better or just tools than we have. Yeah, different. Like just it was a different time and, and maybe different creatures. Different yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's Fuck like yeah. I'm pretty interested in that, and also we can learn from like. The, the animals are teaching us mm-hmm. that you can make all these other frequencies and you can do this crazy shit that, that our fucking machines can't do. It's like... Well, like, why would we make machines to do it if it's outside of our range that we can't hear? Because no, we're making machines I'm talking about to pander to humans. Hear, right? The stuff that, oh, right, yeah. The, the other thing I want to do with the live birds, which I didn't mention, is I want to get sounds, animal communication that they don't normally hear mm-hmm. and play it to them. Yeah. Like the obvious ones, whales... Fucking um, dolphins. Yeah. Also, I want to get hydrophones and hydro like speakers. Oh, I have dolphins. one of those here. Play the dolphins, mm-hmm. the sound of a lyrebird, and and record what the dolphin does. Right. Try and like, like generate these like conversations and shit. <laughs> like who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah. But it's like animals communicate, and also I thought of doing stuff with light. Okay. Record these light patterns that animals are doing. Record these things. Transcribe them. Bring them down into a spectrum where where a lyrebird might be able to hear it, the patterns, and play that to the lyrebird and see what it does. Like yeah. stuff that its ears aren't even designed to see, to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any point. It's like, it's just, it's kind of, <laughs> there's no point, but it's like recording them doing their reaction to stuff they've never heard. Right. You know, if we make if, if we get a synthesizer and make some sounds and play it to a lyrebird, it can fucking make them because that's what, like I've heard sounds that I know the synthesizer probably can't make. Uh, like it could, but like no, it can definitely like the fact that a lyrebird like I've heard a lyrebird on YouTube um, recreate the sound of an entire construction site scene happening at the same time, and when you listen to it, you're like, that's clearly like somebody a few hundred meters away from this lyrebird's home was building shit and yeah. like you, it makes the sound of like a drill it yeah, makes the sound of hammers and, and shit hammers. and it doesn't do it in a way where it's like just like dun, 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 zin, zin. it's like it does it in a way where it like generates the sound of the space too so you like it sounds exactly like how far it was away from yeah. this lyrebird's house like it, it generates like the the reverb space yeah, and well, shit it doesn't think, i guess it's not thinking of reverb as as a space situation no, yeah. it's just the sa- it's just a sound it just yeah. does the exact sound yeah it's fucking crazy so yeah i want to use all of this stuff on that album like, yeah it, and i haven't decided like i said where in the workflow like the the playing that the yeah lyrebird different stuff but i'm going to start making these little devices soon and playing them up there in, in their mating season and trying to get them to recreate something that i've played to them mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm also very interested in the fact that you can that they will be making the sounds that I showed them. Yeah. In, in as long as they're around. That's so sick. Yeah. And but but I'm mainly like, you know, I'm so interested in the fact. I, I would love to hear. I know I've never heard what Aboriginal Australians what their their perspective on what lyrebirds are. Because I'm pretty sure that they've got some pretty interesting shit to say about that. They probably like. like I know that they, they would have um, been fucking with lyrebirds big time, massively. And I know that there's a and there's a little bird in Australia. It's um like the wagtail bird or whatever. Um, like if you're ever hanging around with like a proper Aboriginal person, like who's you know pretty traditional, as soon as one of those birds will come near you, they'll just like stop having a conversation, and you'll be like, why? And they're like, because that fucking thing will like take this message and like shit. Really? Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> yeah, they they will stop talking around wagtail i think they're called wagtail willies yeah willy wagtails willy wagtails yeah yep 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 yeah they they won't talk around them 
<laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so what what do you imagine to be like the 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 presentation of your of your findings? Like how do you because you can't you can't bring you can't bring a whole bunch of people out to out to the bush with you. It'll ruin oh, no, the experience. Okay, so that, okay, so that I have thought about that, and that's exactly what I wanted to do actually. But like. Like without obviously disrupt, disrupting the the nature and the, the experience. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, like because otherwise you make your own job hard. Okay. So there's two two there's two things that I've thought of with how to present what I've been talking about. The one that is definitely going to happen is the same as what happens now, mm-hmm. except it's not that same character. I've got a bunch but, of different characters. That's um, cool. Yeah. Most people don't realize that you have that there's. Well, there isn't yet, but there's always supposed to sure. have been kind of. It's just it's expensive and there's like pictures of it on your um on your Instagram. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's I'll like probably. a big hand with like a face. Oh, that yeah, I've seen that. There's a hand with the face mm-hmm. on the back. There's a um. Well, I've seen the, the vagina one. There's a baby head. The vagina was a commission I did for someone, and I now sell them. Mm-hmm. But there's a baby face. But the main one that I'm interested in, actually, which I think I'm gonna, I've started the other two, and they're well into the sculpt. But I actually want to make this plant creature now. It's like it's like a rose petal, the face. Petals up here. It's got a lot. It's got like thorns all over, it, like a rose. It's got a long nose again, but it's it's rose thorns on it, and it's going to be like weeping blood out of the thorns. It's like all I'm all totally like plant man, like with crystal geodes for feet and crystals all over me with LEDs, and it's like this weird hell yeah plant man thing. So that's the that's the one that's going to be used first with this music but it's but but live it, it, i'm because you know I'm, it's just the, the music's gonna be i'm gonna make some like more you know some music that has some conventional structures but it's gonna be much more abstract like it's gonna be completely generated from my inputs at that point it'll be totally real time so the music will be much much different but i have thought like what you said what are you gonna take people with bush yes there's a there's a, a, a vision that i have of like um on my parents property there's a small lake or a small dam like a little um, lake uh, thing, and there's a, there's actually a few on that property. But I have this idea of having a. Um, remember, I was talking about the, the 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 like the cicadas and orchestrating them. Yeah, yeah. I've got an idea to take that to another level where I have large DC motors controlled with PWM that can pull like a couple of tons, like industrial size motors attached to trees. So I can move the trees and like move the fucking plants and also have strings going between the trees and have it all with tension sensors and tuning parts of the fucking trees as well. Just shit like this. You also I haven't gone that far into that stuff yet, but the overall visualization I've had of doing it in the bush is to have like, you know, an amphitheater kind of thing, but it's around this small lake and there's project, like there's, there's um, projectors in trees down onto the lake and then the lake also has our cameras and objects that you can throw into the lake manipulate the water to generate uh, input for the mapping for for the ir to read the water ripples to then but then it's got overlaid graphics on it so then it's it is feedback so people were kind of looking around a pool in a sense so they're looking in the pool. There's projection mapping in the pool that's going down, like they go into the water. There's like this 3D shit going down to water. But then you're physically throwing shit into the water. You imagine turning a, la- a small lake into a grid, you know, that, that area, you throw something in there, it's going to bust the ripples, which is going to trigger something. It's going right, to do right, this. Yeah. And it's all connected. And, and at the same time, you're moving the trees and you, there's wind and fucking like just. And you're, you're that, also that's telling kind of what me. That's what I thought with taking people into the bush. 
Also, you're telling me earlier uh, you wanted to build some shit in the bush, um, like some giant reverb ca- cabins or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so on on my parents' property, I want like they offered that I build a purpose built. Well, I can build what I want on their land, and it didn't turn out to start with. But you know, I I would like to like when I was planning that, I wanted to have to start with to build a, a conven- more conventional studio space for music and all my equipment. Um, and kind of normal house, but then it's just got a, like purpose-built studio rooms. But the more elaborate version of that is like there's a cent- central space, but then there's like these small, um, nearly like treehouse style, but these small um, walkways over to these alternate kind of pod things. And they're like a gimbal, like an eye mechanism that you build for animatronics. So it's just two hemispheres with like a hinge in the center. So you imagine just a round platform with two hemispheres and it can open like that. So, yeah, you can just hit a button or, or, or it can be on, on ropes or something and it just pulls the, the, the um, hemispheres back and then there's like a platform. So I want to have, I want to have microphones to capture like um, reverb at different distances from that space. There's two, there's two things going on. So I'd have speakers on those platforms so I can play back and capture reverb at whatever distance I want way out into the bush. I have cables under the ground and so I can send a fucking kick out there. I can send it whatever or, or just, you know, whatever and just capture this natural reverb to use the gully. Like, because there's gullies everywhere, you know, it's, it's kind of at the top of a ridge. So I could put cameras on the coming down the ridge, down the bottom of the ridge, up the other side, on the other side, past that. Yeah, yeah. Send stuff really loud and fucking capture it like from like 500 yeah. meters away. And so that was, that was, what I was working towards with that, but also for live capturing, um, you know, squat, I mentioned Squat Club before, like yeah, yeah. using the forest sound as a noise floor and experimenting with that and experimenting with music that when you get to zero, like when you get to like the noise floor of, of what, you know, the situation you're in recording, you instead of having silence, you have something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then integrating that as a, as a kind of, semi-permanent fixture into anything that I was to do after that as like still trying to make the music always integrating with the surroundings a bit more like and then using the 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 input from that that ambient noise to control parameters in the the thing you're recording and you know just trying to like really integrate it just for the hell of it like yeah yeah like, fuck know, it why just, not um yeah. this is long this is like two and a half hours so yeah. I reckon this is probably hitting <laughs> the wall like a minute yeah, it's that's the thing. I like these long form things, man. It's fun. It's good because it's like so much information. It's like way too much to share in like a fucking Facebook post or something like that. Totally, it's a good yeah. other platform to like talk about ideas and shit. But yeah, man, cheers for doing it. And um, yeah, thanks for you guys talking. And yeah, I'm glad that you yeah, came that as well. Right? That was that was sick. We can but converse yeah. about this stuff. Fuck yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's go get food and keep chatting about shit. Yeah, I'm hungry. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast.